tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This is Brian Stelter. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. My fellow Oregonians, I come before you today with my very first speech where I don't have somebody standing nearby to pull a plug. Is that really true, Kamala? Okay, I'll stick to the script. My fellow Arkansans, Arkansans, Arkansanians, oh, let me try it this way. Citizens of the United States of Albania, I'm going to ask you a big favor, okay? It's for all of us, smart and dumb, male and she-male, Hispanic, black, and other poor people. I am sticking to the script, Kamala. So where was I? Oh, yeah. Now that I have single-handedly made half a trillion COVID vaccines available to the public, I'm going to ask you to please take the words of Dr. Fauci, the Centers for Displeased Control, the New York Times, and the boards of Merck, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Hey, Kamala, didn't they write that sex book? Oh, that was Masters and Johnson, right. And the board of Masters and Masters to please take the vaccine, all right? Everyone who has a financial stake in this has assured me that the vaccine is perfectly safe even if they haven't been adequately tested. And if they don't work, we'll just blame Donald Trump and we'll get you a new dose on the house, okay? You can't ask for a better deal than that. And now, I have the best news of all. If you closely follow every one of our orders... Oh... Sorry, Kamala. Mandates. If you take the shot, still wear your mask everywhere, and still keep at least six miles from each other, we might allow you to celebrate the 4th of July together. Isn't that great? What better way to celebrate our independence from a tyrannical government than to be able to take your mask off and congregate in groups of about six or seven? As the great American musical group The Rolling Stones once sang, wouldn't it be nice? In closing, I want to say we're all in this together. You, me, the immigrants swarming the border, the school kids and former business owners who survived their suicide attempts, the families of my buddy Governor Cuomo's nursing home mandate victims, and where was I going with this, Kamala? Why are you facepalming? Good night, everybody. Business as usual has brought society to this precipice of physical, spiritual, and mental illness. We need a new way of thinking in order to move forward in our riot and disease-ravaged planet. Friends, this is Reverend Mo, leader of the religious order of the Branch Covidians. Join me and my flock as we follow the new ways to peace, tranquility, and brother-sisterhood. 
to become part of our family, we ask only that you bring your genuine self, at least one working firearm, and sufficient ammo, toilet paper, and PPE for a three-month siege, along with a full gallon jug of hand sanitizer, one canister of Wiley's old-fashioned lemonade mix, and a transfer of $5,000 worth of Bitcoin. We will then invite you to join our lovely community in an undisclosed cave in the southwestern desert. Don't fall prey to the world's brokenness. Join us to learn the pathway to the living spirit of Corona. Call us today at 888-COVIDIAN or visit our website at branchcovidian.org. Socially isolate today for a better tomorrow. Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog. you listen today, please remember, we are so much more than a podcast. All of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com. Visit there for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and fun merchandise. If you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show, contact us via our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media, where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis. If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic, amazing, beautiful, little bit windy, but nice and warm Sunday here in fabulous, deep in the heart of Texas. I am your hostess with the mostest, Ms. Melanie Hope, and I'm so excited about today. We have so many fun things to talk about, and of course, part two of our three-part interview. With me here in Counterculture Wise Studios is, well, he just so happens to be my best friend, he is my co-host. He is an actor and a singer and a gifted writer. And let's see, there's one other thing. What is that? Oh, he's my sweet baboo, Mr. James Monis. I'm feeling better now, but today I, I ate some lamb and some beef, and then I was in a really bad mood. You just made that one up, didn't you? Unfortunately, no. I had to find one online. <laughs> I was like, I got ten seconds. I got to find one there. How are you not a dad with those jokes? Babu. <laughs> Guys, next week, uh, well, our show's still going to be 
yeah, on as normal, but like our whole week is going to be totally different because we will be celebrating our 10 year wedding anniversary. Can you believe that? We've actually been married longer than we've done this show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but not well, much. Well, we've been doing the show for a while, oh, though. Yeah, yeah, going on six years. So yeah. um, we are going to be doing something we've always wanted to do, and that's oh, have a honeymoon. So we'll probably talk a little bit about that next week, but I'm really excited. We found a puppy sitter. And uh, we will be heading to San Antonio to do the river walk and see neat things and fun things. Yeah, we we went to the pool. rodeo there last, not this past February, but the one before. And I just love the place. And Melanie had been there before. So we made a decision to make that our destination for uh, our tenure. And everything fell in place for us to get a beautiful, beautiful room at a lovely hotel. And just really, I'm, 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 I'm quite grateful. I really am. I'm very grateful. So, folks, we'll have a lot to talk about next week, but boy, howdy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. This is true. So many things. I mean, it's really funny because the Biden administration has literally gone off the rails in every way. (laughs) (laughs) There's just no other way to put it. (sighs) Okay. Well, speaking of the worst presidents in history, terrible president, seriously decent human being i think it's because i think he was a you know it's not the time to eulogize him yet there's there's a couple of things that stand out for me that made him that that he did that were really great but i'm not even going to talk about that right now um we're asking for your prayers for our former president jimmy carter he's 98 he's he had a good run yeah he's in hospice this was something he decided he wanted, the family decided, and we just pray that his final days are as pain-free as possible, that he's surrounded with his family up until the very end and his passing, and it's inevitable by now, it, that yeah. it be pain-free and that he's finally re- reunited with God. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, he was a good man. He was a yeah. decent, kind. I mean, good he, man. he founded. Was he the founder of um, Habitat, Habitat for, for Humanity? Humanity? I don't know if he was the founder, but I know he did. He was. He was very if he active. He wasn't the founder. In he was way. very much a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he spent the rest of his life doing for others, serving others. He used his platform as the former president better than any other. Any of them, yeah. And not to just better himself or get lots of goodies from China, like a certain one. Well, anyway. Anyways, yes, Godspeed. Mr. Carter, you were not a great president, but you were a good, kind, and decent man. So may your last days You don't get to say about very many politicians of any stripe. You don't get to say about any of them, (laughs) frankly. Okay, um, this is important to you, Levi Strauss Day. Yes. Does that just mean pull your pants up, boy? Yeah, it does. No, it what it's it's just the birthday of Levi Strauss who basically invented blue jeans. Okay then. He was a uh was born in 1829 and died in 1902. And it was legacy. The Levi's jeans company always used to say San Francisco 1850 most men digging gold except a man named Levi Strauss so the story is told. <laughs> so he started making, yeah, he, he started making jeans, well, the firm Levi Strauss began, began in 1853, and I hardly ever, I mean, once in a while I buy Levi's, I, I'm not that brand happy anymore, and the company's kind of gone woke, yeah. like so many others, and so I just don't, 
I don't want to get caught up in that. I'll I'll wear just any blue jeans, but we wouldn't have blue jeans without them. So yeah. I just I thought I'd say, hi Levi, bye okay. Levi. And haven't lost any big stars this week. <laughs> oh, like I'm we... sure we have, yeah. but I just I I don't want to start every show with well this one and that this one died because that one died because yeah, I mean after all it's the... getting to the point where the people we idolized when we were younger are old people now because we're old people now and yeah. it's inevitable. It's getting hard, like actually watching friends and Yeah. And... It was recently George Harrison's birthday. So happy birthday, oh, George. Yeah, happy birthday. Oh, didn't you have something about a certain couple of musicians playing a certain couple of other musicians' recent album? Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely right. <clears throat> Somebody once posted a meme saying, Hear me out. The, the Stones need a bassist and a drummer, and then it shows them shows the Stones. It also shows Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. <laughs> well, somebody saw your meme. <laughs> somebody saw the meme, and apparently, McCartney is confirmed to be on the new, the upcoming Rolling Stones album. And I'm, I mean, I guess, I guess Ringo is going to be on it too. Are Not they going to the call whole... it the Winging Stones? That's not bad. I call I I called it. Uh, Ruby Tuesday and the Lovely Ritas, but that's just me. Oh, that's cute. I Thank like you. that. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, it's uh I don't think they're going to be on cuz they do have a full-time drummer and bassist that have been I mean the bassist has been with them since the 90s and this drummer actually uh at the moment I forget his name, but he actually played with uh Keith Richards' solo band. I saw him with them and he's He's as good as we're going to get without Charlie, as far as the Stones go. Mm-hmm. But just the thought of having Ringo and Paul play on a on a song of the Rolling Stones, you know they're good. that's going to be the first single they release oh, from it, no absolutely. matter what they no matter what they do. We um, saw a show in Vegas that was the Stones versus the Beatles. Yeah, Beatles and Stones fun. tribute bands, and then they went into a medley of Satisfaction and um, Jumpin' Jack Flash, I think it was. Yeah, I forget, but it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And plus, I've seen the Stones, and we've seen McCartney, and we've seen Ringo, and yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Name Dropper. Yeah, <laughs> really wish I'd seen George, but he hardly ever toured. Yeah, and John was I dead before I really did. But I did get to see Paul and Ringo. Well, well, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. You want to go see the Stones? You now have to go to some nosebleed stadium, pay seven hundred dollars a ticket, and. To hear them play 40-year-old songs, 50-, 60-year-old songs. You're I mean, so far up in the nosebleed section that all you see is the Jumbotron, so what's the point? Yeah. I mean, it's it's actually better for me at this age. I'm glad I saw them, don't get me wrong. It was a great show. But at this age, I'd rather just rent a video or you know, watch, you know, watch an old, uh, well, an old concert. Concerts used to be fun, but now they're so militaristic. I don't know. It's well, just... I mean, it's... Melanie and I prefer to go to smaller venues. A lot of the Las Vegas um, showrooms, for example, where we saw John Anderson, that's yeah. fine. Oh, that was fun. I, oh, you know, was a, a show. showroom like that, like at the um, at, at either of the um, canneries or you know where where we saw. If even, any of them are still open after or, the or, whole. <laughs> or, or when we saw, we went out to Prim to see Credence. That was you know rather smallish. Arenas or stadiums or showrooms are fine, but I'm just not going to go to some. I mean, I'm not going to go back to 
AT&T Center in yeah, San Antonio. Not for as much as that was the last one we went to. Yeah. Was uh, Night Ranger. Oh, that was that was a good concert, but the the, the, the seats great were band, terrible. Great band. It would be a great venue if we'd gotten better seats. If, if your, your knees weren't literally up in your nose. Yeah, I mean, and, it, was, and it was worse we, than Coach on we Spirit gonna, Airlines. I was considering going to see the rodeo this year because Leonard Skinner was one of the one of the bands, but it was $400 a yeah. ticket for the and their seats. seats. Suck. They suck. Yeah. yeah. It's, seriously, it's worse than Coach on Spirit Airlines. That's how bad those seats were. I mean, you, you could barely... <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> and, I mean... The, the seats in front of you were so close to you that you couldn't... I mean, my legs don't even bend that direction. I was having to sit kind of sideways because I couldn't bend my... I mean, maybe I'm We tall. finally had to had to yeah. boo-boo face the management into giving us better, better seats. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, the place was not... You couldn't exactly say it was sold out. We no. probably could have snuck down there into yeah, the... Yeah, we probably could have. And gotten really, just sat down. Nobody would have done anything. All right. Well, the second half of our show is going to be dedicated to the second part of the interview where we'll be talking about masking and Fauci and all that good stuff that yeah. will get us booted off of YouTube. So this will not be on YouTube. It is already live up on BitChute and Rumble. And then we'll be posting the third one before our show next week and running yeah. that as well. Yeah, we I'm starting some... to go a little bit to the side there. That's me this time. I have to <laughs> rant for but we do have some. We do have some fun things to talk about, but let's start out by just sharing some weird and wonderful news. <laughs> Counterculture Wise is proud to present News of the Weird and Wonderful. Here are your hosts, Melanie Hope and Jim Monis. Well, that would be us. You know, I've heard a rumor that is true, that it is us. So this first story is interesting. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, but it's really interesting that just how it was found. Huh. Well, let's look. So one of the great presidents was JFK. At least we all believe that now. But anyway, a Texas man who bought a secondhand CD from a small town thrift shop made a surprising discovery inside the case. A Polaroid photo of John Kennedy on the day of his assassination. Fascinating. George Rebelles said he was at the Souls Harbor thrift store in Ferris when he decided to be to buy Bachman Turner Overdrives the anthology on CD. Side note: saw them; they were great. Good album. <laughs> yeah, real good album. Lots of good songs on that. Rebelles said he didn't open the CD until about a month after the purchase, and he discovered an object inside that he soon realized was a Polaroid photo. The photo depicted Kennedy riding in his motorcade in Dallas. Oh, my. The date handwritten on the back of the photo was 11-22-63, the day of Kennedy's assassination. I was shocked. I was shocked, he said, and that's putting it mildly. Rebellas knew it was unusual find in a thrift store CD case. Of course, I realized immediately that this was an unpublished photograph, so I was excited. He said, it just struck me as odd to find in a CD case. Now, this is a name. Ferris Rookstool III. Oh, my. I'll have to lift I'm my I'm going to have to write a story, make oh, up a story about Ferris, Ferris Rookstool III. Wow. A former FBI analyst and JFK historian said the photo appears to have been snapped as the motorcade left Love Field a good distance from the location of the assassination. I just hope that someone will look at this and say, you know what? This is pretty nice to have something from history to see something that no one has seen in probably 60 years, Rookstool said. Rebellus hasn't said, hasn't 
said he hasn't decided whether to keep the photo or try to sell it to a collector. Love to see the picture of the photo. That would be beautiful. Yeah. National Archives and Records Administration released nearly 13,000 documents related to the Kennedy assassination in December 2022. We still don't know who done it. Act, well, we never will. Acting on an executive order from President Joe Biden, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that 97% of the Kennedy collection is now available to the public, which means about 25% of the Kennedy collection is now available to the public. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I saw another story while we were reading that one that I I think should get some attention. Then so let's I'm going to read some. this one. You rock that. Uh, Jim and I, when we first started dating, uh, he had told me how he had seen Kiss both in all their regalia and un- unpainted. And we always had a joke about if... Gene Simmons actually made the sound bleh when he stuck his tongue out. Well, this man literally holds the Guinness World Record for the longest tongue. Uh, 3.97 inches. And he has found an unusual way to put this unique muscle to work. I have a few ways you can put it to work. He paints with it. He paints with it. He paints with it? Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, All right, then. Gentleman's name is Nick Stober, or Storbull. I'm probably saying this wrong. Um, he wraps his tongue in plastic wrap before dipping it in paint and using it to draw on a canvas, just like the elephants at the zoo. Huh. Only they use their, their, uh, trunks. The record breaker said he has been given the name Likasu for his unusual painting method. <laughs> Oh, Licasso. Picasso. Licasso. Okay, I get it, I get it. Why did I read it? Licasso, because that's how it's spelled. Okay. Uh, he said his paintings have sold for up to $1,200, probably to Hunter Biden. <laughs> 10% for me! Oh, lordy. Only in this world. Okay. I'm surprised we don't have these at our zoo. I know. The Artist's Zoo in Amsterdam has taken sustainability to a new level. Working with students from the AMS Institute, the zoo created a park bench made up of 65% elephant dung and 35% recycled plastic. The zoo's Asian elephants produce around 300 kilograms of poop per day. The zoo was looking for creative ways to deal with this manure, so it recruited five students from the AMS Institute, set up a living lab for them, and left them to experiment. Over the last four months, the students dried the dung on improvised pallet constructions and in a specially purchased secondhand magnetron and then pressed it in a heat press. I would like to be part of that meeting where you're like, have you seen how much the elephants crap? Yeah. Wonder if we can make a bench out of that. <laughs> how did that meeting go down? <laughs> um, We'll never know. The coarse structure of elephant dung also gives the bench a unique pattern. Oh, said so the result is a sturdy bench. The the coarse structure of elephant dung also gives the bench a unique pattern. Artists made the bench in collaboration with Circulus, a company that's been creating street furniture from waste products for some time. That's a great idea. I love it. Love that. Well, the cool thing is, if parts of the bench break, Circulus will replace them and return the broken material to form to a form in which it can be reused. In this way, we keep the recycling circle as small as possible. The zoo is currently testing the durability of the prototype. 
If it proves reliable, Artist plans to eventually replace all its park benches with a sustainable model. I think that's fantastic. I love that idea. I think it's amazing. All right, this one I put in just for you. It's not for big enough me? to yeah, it's not big enough to live in, but it's interesting. Okay. Experts are baffled by a mysterious yellow mini sub that washed up on the beach. A speculation rages about where it's from and what it's used for. So this is in Queensland, Australia. It is literally a little yellow submarine. <laughs> it kind of looks like the sub from the, the yeah. cartoon, too. Uh, but they don't know where it came from. They don't know what it was used for. <laughs> there are some ideas, but they took pictures of it. Um, the guy who found it said he'd never seen anything like it in his 30 years of camping in the nearby Tiwa Beach. So it has a large boat-like body with a long protrusion that holds two lights on its end and two rudder-like components on its rear. So it's not rather, It looks rather crudely constructed. Yeah, but I it's... don't think it's meant for people Right. from the looks of it. Uh, he said that photographs of similar objects have been uh, towed behind vessels and were reportedly used for mapping the ocean floor. So this one probably just went rogue or got yeah. stuck or died or whatever. Um, so anyways, it looks like a little miniature yellow submarine. It's huh. <laughs> weird craft that wash up on the shore. Isn't it funny how little we know about our own planet that something like that could wash up and we're like, I don't know. Where I, I know. Where we, did the that more come we from? learn, the less we know. Okay, you're going to have fun with this story. All right. Let's continue. All righty. A man dubbed a cheapskate, has revealed the extreme measures he takes to save money, including heating up his dinner, bathing, and washing clothes in his jacuzzi in order to cut $39 off of his utility bills. Oh, boy. Divorced Todd Moriarty, I wonder why, from Michigan, takes pride in finding the cheapest deals possible and considers himself a genius when he spares funds by purchasing expired foods and transforming his hot tub into a money-saving machine. The train driver, who earns $95,000 a year, will do whatever it takes to save a penny and pays no attention to those who think he is over the top, which is probably most people. Speaking to TLC's Extreme Cheapskates, that's a show, Todd detailed how his penny-pinching behavior, including covering his home in plastic to keep the resale value high, Using his jacuzzi to bathe in clean clothes and eating expired fish has saved him 95% of his salary. I can't really argue with that. <clears throat> There's pictures of him. He's rather nondescript. And let's continue. Because my hot tub is not going to add any value to the house, I decided to use it for multi-purposes for everything I can think of, Todd said. He continued... <laughs> He's, there's no need for me to use the washing machine because it costs too much money. I could just reuse the water right here. The cheapskate confessed that even he that he even uses a jacuzzi to clean his clothes, claiming that using the hot tub results in less wear and tear than a washing machine. He revealed that by using his hot tub for bathing and cleaning dishes as well as clothes, he was saving thirty to forty dollars a month. That way, I don't have to use my appliances and can turn off the hot water heater. He told TLC. It's gross, Does that but... make you sick? He's already sick. And Todd branded the jacuzzi a cash cow and said it was a stroke of genius. Going to CDC, hot tubs Do hot pose... Do get hot enough to cook food in? 
Probably not. Plus, he eats expired fish. I mean, the you guy's just what? waiting to die to save 95% of his salary. I and get it. And what's he going to do with it? Who knows? According to CDC, hot tubs pose a risk of Legionnaire's disease, a type of pneumonia caused by Legionella bacteria. He doesn't seem to care. These bacteria are found naturally in water and jacuzzis aren't usually disinfected properly, making them a breeding ground for germs. Todd says he spent only 4,500 years... <laughs> 4500 a year on necessities and avoided high energy or water bills. The train driver even got rid of the electric garage door opener to save money. To ensure he'll be able to get the best deal when he sells his home and car, Todd has wrapped his entire home and the interior of his car in plastic. People can laugh all they want. I'm laughing all the way to the bank when I sell this baby, Todd said. He also collects plastic bottles, keeps his clothes in the freezer to get rid of bacteria so he doesn't have to wash them, and dries his clothes in his car. By air-drying his clothes, Todd saves $100 a year. His not ex-wife... It. It's not worth it. His ex-wife, surprise, surprise. Yeah, I know. I said that at the beginning. His ex-wife, Stephanie Hubbs, revealed that all of Todd's free time is spent trying to get the best deal. I think all of Todd's free time is spent preserving the value of all the things he has, she said. Stephanie added that I, he was always... sounds con- like he's mentally ill. He is. Always constantly trying to save money every day, every hour, every minute. It's always on his mind. She revealed that Todd's cheap ways were a factor in their divorce. As for groceries, the train driver plans out his trips to the store in hopes of bagging a bargain with his ex-wife revealing a disgusting habit. So great. He's a train driver who's already derailed. Here we go. Each of my stops each day is contingent on timing in order to get the best deal, Todd said. Stephanie added, Todd has this thing where he goes to the store and he pursues the fi- or peruses the fish and meats and looks at the dates, so he'll buy all the fish that's on clearance that they're about to throw out, and he eats that. It's disgusting. Well, okay, here's the thing, though. The expiration dates on food are they're... really conservative. Well, it's to cover their themselves. Exactly. In case something goes wrong. I mean, I get it. Anyway, on and on and on. He saves a lot of money. He's a cheapskate, blah, blah. And proud of it. Blah, blah. Okay. (laughs) This next article. This is actually a very interesting study. It it might be a good thing, uh, especially for those of us who don't believe in murdering babies. Um, But, you know, Scott Adams, who we're going to talk about later, is always talking about how we live in a simulation. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, because sometimes life just throws things at you that you're like, no, that that's that's not happening. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just too on the nose. That's just too. All right. So reading this article, <laughs> fourth grader alert, because <laughs> it's gonna go down. <laughs> whoa, whoa. On demand male contraceptive shows promise in preclinical study. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what this does is you take this an hour before bodio dot do, and it slows down your swimmers. So that's really, really, really in a nutshell what this is. So to speak. <laughs> We're already starting. I'm sorry. You know, you we start talking about those kinds of functions. <laughs> oh, you're going to yeah. have so much fun with this I'm, one. I'm an <laughs> actor, and backstage chatter is always doing this kind <laughs> okay, of stuff. Okay, so it temporarily stops sperm in their tracks and prevents pregnancies in preclinical models. Now, my problem with this is oh, you have to take it an hour before. I mean, I can barely get you to take your snore pills an hour before bedtime. How are people going to be like, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, hold on for an hour? That's not going to happen. So are, like, guys going to be, like, popping them, like, Tic Tacs thinking that, 
okay, it might happen tonight, it might happen tonight, and then they're just going to stop their swimmers forever. I don't know. But they're saying it could be a game changer for, for contraception, blah, blah, blah. Of course, a couple of white well, guys. Well, I mean, it might it. start off as being one hour, and then as the, the science progresses, it could be like 10 minutes, you know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now they're still just testing it in mice. So um, I guess doctors Buck and Levin that are working on it noted that condoms, which have existed for about 2,000 years, and vasectomies have been men's only options to date. Research on male contraceptives has stalled partly because potential contraceptives for men must clear a much higher bar for safety and side effects. Thanks, guys. You're destroying our bodies and jacking up our hormones, but hey, you do you, whatevs. Um, plus, they said they don't care because men don't <laughs> bear the risks associated with carrying a pregnancy. Uh, let's see, blah, 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 friends and colleagues. Okay, so this is where it starts getting weird. When Dr. Levin challenged Dr. Buck to isolate an important cellular signaling protein called soluble adenyl cyclase, otherwise known as SAC, <laughs> that had long eluded biochemists, Dr. Buck couldn't resist. It took him two years, but doctors Buck and Levin then shifted their focus to researching SACs <laughs> and eventually merged their laboratory. They discovered that mice genetically engineered to lack sack are infertile. <laughs> sack like a ding dong. <laughs> so if you lack a sack, <laughs> it gets better. Then in 2018, I swear I'm not making this up. This is not the Onion. This is not the Babylon Bee. This is an honest to God article in uh, Will Cornell Medicine. Okay, so I am not making this up. Please understand. So they discovered that mice who lacked sac are infertile. Then in 2018, Dr. Melanie Ballbach, <laughs> I swear I'm not making this up, a postdoctoral associate in their lab made an exciting discovery while working on sac inhibitors as a possible treatment for an eye condition. <laughs> she swears she's not making this up. I'm telling you, I never believe in the whole simulation idea, but reading this article, I'm like, no. Of all the people who could have been on it, Melanie Balbach. <laughs> so, Max, my select sacks need Melanie's Balbachs. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she found that mice that were given a drug that inactivates sac produce sperm that cannot propel themselves forward. So if you lack a sack, you can't attack, basically. <sighs> okay, so they're um, reassured that sack inhibition might be safe, uh, but be a safe option uh, by men who lack the gene encoding sack were infertile but otherwise healthy. So it goes on and on and on, but seriously. And and by the way, Dr. Melanie Balbach is, is a good-looking chick, so I'm sure the mice yeah, will she's, be bigger. She is good-looking. Yeah. Uh and then it gets even better. One of the other doctors' name is Dr. Peter Meinke. This was the article so you told me about before the show. Melanie right? Ballback <laughs> works with a Peter to try to get sacks out of mice so that their swimmers will stop. How do we top that? I, you just can't. You just so to speak. Can't. You just can't. It's like, oh my gosh. Okay. 
<sighs> well, um, I don't know if we want to go into, well, do we want to do more wonderful than weird before we, we go into, yeah, we've only got a couple. Um, actually, this we only have one. So I put this in more wonderful than weird because the original story was stupid, but then it turns out that they got such pushback that they reversed it, which is a wonderful story. So we can kind of combine these two stories. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Words matter. Uh, words matter begins the discreet notice. And you already know when they say words matter that they're going to tweak mm -hmm. with words that they, in a ways they shouldn't. Words Matter begins a discreet notice which sits at the bottom of the copyright page of Puffin's latest edition of Roald Dahl's books. The wonderful worlds of Roald Dahl can transport you to different worlds and introduce you to the most marvelous characters. This book was written many years ago, and so we regularly review the language to ensure it can continue to be enjoyed by all today. Put simply... These may not be the words Dahl wrote. The publishers have given themselves license to edit the writer as they see fit. Well, they don't have that Chop license. It. Well, <laughs> they did it anyway. Chopping, altering, or trying to do it anyway. Altering and adding were necessary <clears throat> to bring his books in line with contemporary sensibilities. No, it wasn't. You know, one day it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The next day it's the Bible. You know, the, and it, it never, it doesn't don't stop. care about the Bible. They'd rather burn that. Well, anyway. By comparing the latest editions with early editions of, of the text, the Telegraph has found hundreds of changes to Dahl's stories. Not a couple, not a few, not, not dozens even, but hundreds. Language related to weight, mental health, violence, gender, and race has been cut and rewritten. I can't even do this. I can't even read this. <laughs> I'm serious. Remember the cloud men in James and the Giant Peach? They are now cloud people. The small foxes in Fantastic Mr. Fox are now female. In Matilda, mention of Rudyard Kipling has been cut and Jane Austen added. Oh, now come on! <laughs> uh, do they have any other examples? Oh, yeah. Um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the... Oompa Loompas are described as small men, but now they are gender neutral. I mean, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. So, so many people were upset about this. Um, the old hag becomes the old crow. A great flock of ladies becomes a great group of ladies. Chambermaid becomes cleaner. A witch is always a woman with the 2001 version of the book. I do not wish to speak badly about women. Most women are lovely, but the fact remains that all witches are women. There's no such thing as a male witch. That became simply, a witch is always a woman. There's no such thing as a male witch. <laughs> These edits mute the original sense. Elsewhere changes give a few meanings like the below. The witches doing their bit for women in STEM. Other altercations are about weight. Fat little brown mouse becomes just little brown mouse. Here's your little boy, she said. He needs to go on a diet becomes just here's your little boy. Because God forbid... We can't talk about somebody's weight. We'd rather they be unhealthy and die early than to talk about the literal elephant in the room. Um, I don't want to get too far into it because what happens next is what makes this wonderful. Penguin completely retracted. They're going As to publish damn well classic. they should have. Roll doll because he basically told him if you so much as as tweak one comma of my work, 
I'll send my crocodile on you. So publisher Penguin Random House announced Friday it will publish, quote, classic, unexpurgated versions of expurgated? Is that a word? Unexpurgated. Unexpurgated. Yeah. Just doesn't sound like a word. It's a word. Of Roald Dahl's children's novels after it received criticism for cuts and rewrites that were intended to make the book suitable for modern readers. Let's just unbubble wrap our babies. Let them be children, for God's sake. Let them be children. You know, this is nothing new. They've been trying to take books off of the bookshelves for years. When I was a kid, there was a big controversy about about Huckleberry Finn, for example. Mm-hmm. The, it's, it's still banned The Dread N-Word, which, I mean, the yeah, whole point of the novel is to point out how stupid racism is. Yeah, I was talking to one of my... Because he was visionary. One of my students who lives in California, and he's black, and we were talking about some history. Um, it was... It was the weirdest experience because, you know, he's a high schooler, he's black, he lives in California, and they're studying the um, the riots in... in uh, Watts? Tulsa. Oh, Tulsa. And he was so apologetic. I think he was more freaked out over my face. It was... I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I'm like, sweetie, we got to have these conversations. I mean, this is history. we got to learn this stuff. And... So as throughout the conversation, I I was telling him about how many parallels there were with this real case, as we're in To Kill a Mockingbird. And he goes, Yeah, I, I think they banned that book in California, where they have pornographic books in the children's libraries, where you know they literally read about how to masturbate and sexual acts in the children's libraries K through twelve, mm-hmm. and they banned. To Kill a Mockingbird, written by an abolitionist, <laughs> talking about how awful we treated them and, and, you know, what we... Absolutely insane. California is completely off its nut. It needs some of that mouse stuff in the last article. They need some sack, baby. They have their sack removed. Well, if they had their sack removed, then they wouldn't have They'd have to governor. have their sack removed in Sacramento, though. Uh, hey, you know there why not use it anyways they didn't fully retract their releasing both versions good they should have both versions no they should have the original i mean they're gonna do this to shakespeare they're they've already done it to shakespeare now yeah. we've got gender neutral leads and all kinds of dumb crap it's like people get just make your own stuff stop ruining everything else speaking about ruining everything else um I understand we we have somebody on the ground. Ah, okay. We now have a special update from Aaliyah on the Ohio train derailment. Hi, I'm Aaliyah, and I'm a puppy. Look, black clouds. One hour later. This video has been removed for the good of the liberal world order, and you now have your second hard strike. You have violated YouTube's terms of service for reporting on the facts instead of the prescribed narrative and using terms deemed harmful to society such as black and clouds. Even though this entire podcast did not mention coronaviruses, vaccines, the pandemic, or mask mandates, we feel it is important to remind you that COVID is a terrible thing that only our liberal corporate overlords are allowed to speak on. Here is some information for the CDC that we will use to delete your channel for reading. We at YouTube care about our content creators, so feel free to dispute this decision with our automated denial system. A few hours later. 
This is another clear example of big tech shutting down yet another independent voice at the behest of the government media complex. Speaking of complex, you can now get a large bottle of my B-complex capsules for the price of a small bottle with free shipping if you order by midnight tonight. The following day. No, really. What did you think about this report, Joyless? Well, first of all, Whoopi, that region overwhelmingly voted for 45. So they deserve what happened. And it figures that a right-wing YouTube channel would send a dog rather than a real journalist to cover the story. Whoopi, I have no idea what this long-haired man is talking about. As a non-human journalist and as a co-creator of this so-called right-wing YouTube channel, I must protest most vociferously against his maligning my friend and fellow journalist. I admit... Aaliyah is new at this and may not be as wordy as I am, but she described the situation with 100% accuracy. There was clearly a cloud hanging over the wreckage of that train, and it was as black as your ex-boyfriend's painted on face. Kill! Oh, I kill you! you. I I'll kill you! 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 Later that day. <laughs> Maybe sending Aaliyah out on such a big assignment at such a young age wasn't the best idea. Well, Max was in New York to do the skew. Fritzy was recording more commercials in L.A., and everybody else was busy. Well, Fritzy is back now. We can have her do the evening report. Welcome to the CCW Evening Report. I'm Fritzina Fluffybottom. Tonight, we report on the train derailment in Ohio. Just like Aaliyah said, there is a big, big, big black cloud over the train wreck, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's killing off the Eagles, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the Cardinals, and all the other sports teams. Plus, all of the fishies are dying in the really pretty rainbow spills they made in the rivers and lakes, and this is so sad. I love fish, but the nice lady said we should not eat any bluegill, bullfins, bass, carp, crappy chicklets, catfish, tilapia, trout, koi, gars, oscar, shiner, salmon, sunfish, walleye, perch, paku, pickerels, handfish, knifefish, moonfish, platefish, fish, cupfish, pop. Now, see, that's why we can't have nice things. At least we're always up on the news, right? Yep. Speaking of being up on the news, <laughs> every podcaster basically is talking about this, so we have to at least give it an honorable mention. Definitely. If, um, Scott Adams has been trying to get himself canceled now for years, and I think he finally managed to to do it. I mean, he's got enough FU money, he should be okay. Yeah, he's he's a millionaire, he's old, he's, yeah. you know, he's he's okay. Uh, I was listening live during mm-hmm. what they're calling the racist tirade, it wasn't, um, where he cited a poll, a Rasmussen poll, and they're supposedly well known. They're for... very, very, um, they're one of the most respected survey companies, they're very okay. accurate. Lost a little bit of respect for them, though, because they even asked the question. Point taken. Um, And this is where the title of our show comes from. Why on earth would we gather a bunch of black people and flat out ask them, is it okay to be white? Why would you even ask that question? That's just race baiting. And (laughs) so I believe it was like 40% said no. And then, like, another some odd percent said they weren't sure. So, I mean, it was like an insane amount of black people just basically said they hate white people. 
So Scott said who he way back when all of this I can just declare I'm whatever and you have to pretend I am. He's like, fine, I'm going to be on the winning team. I declare now that I'm a black man. He should have said black woman if he knew what he was doing. And so he's always, he he has for several years identified as as a black man just because like you said, be on the winning team. They're the ones that get all the special considerations, all the extra stuff and they're the least oppressed and they're the ones that can get away with as much as they possibly want to so he decided he wanted to be on the winning team i get that but he uh, has no issues no hatred no nothing but he said look i don't want to be part of a hate group mm-hmm. if, if that many people are telling me that it is not okay to be born with a certain skin color i do not want to be part of that group so i renounce my my black hood mm-hmm. <laughs> um i and so, of course, they take the snippet out. And so then he was saying, um, it seems to me that if you're in an area where you're completely surrounded by people that hate you, mm-hmm. might be a good idea, might be in your best interest to get the heck away from them. Yeah. Well, who can disagree with that? I mean, if you're a black guy, are you going to move to a neighborhood that has the KKK living there? No, that'd be stupid. That'd be suicide. Well, if I know that more than half of my neighbors hate me without even meeting me, don't even know me, they hate me because of the color of my skin, why on earth would I want to be anywhere near them? And yet they took everything, they being the press, of course, the mainstream media, they took it out of context and all they said is, um, and he wasn't even saying get away from black people, he was saying get away from people that hate you. Right. But, of course, they call it a racist tirade and said that he said stay away, stay the hell away from black people and on and on and on and on. Now, all the major newspapers are canceling Dilbert. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Newspapers? <laughs> they actually think they're still relevant? Um, well, I mean, that's where most of his income comes from. Um, yeah, so it's just a whole big thing now. And, and what, what I think is hilarious is so many of us who listen to his, his daily podcast, and I actually am on his Locals channel heard the whole thing in context and even out of context it's not that bad i mean they're making it way worse than it is but the people that are the most upset about it are white women black dudes are like yeah he's right (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's right so um he doesn't do interviews for obvious reasons because everything that comes out of his face they they Alex Jones him basically mm-hmm. they trump him everything that comes out of his face they rearrange and split and misinterpret and flat out lie um they've called him a Nazi and all kinds of dumb crap and it's like oh for god's sake you just listen to it in context he's basically saying if you're in a place where people hate you just because of the way you were born get out it's better for you it's better for them yeah I mean that makes sense Right. So, of course, he's he's the the big pariah now, and everybody's having a big old fit, and he's getting canceled, and Dilbert's getting canceled, and blah, 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 and it's all, you know, dumb. Thing is, he planned all of this. He knew exactly what he was doing. He planned this. And I'm not sure exactly what his motives are, but I do know that he took a hit for free speech. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I guess Elon Musk was a little behind, didn't know what was going on, so saw that I think it was the Washington Post. Or there's only a couple of newspapers that even run comics. I know, like the New York Times and all of those, they don't even run. Comics no, I haven't seen. It. I, I've, I've read the New York Times several times and never yeah. saw yeah. comics in Washington, them. Washington. Uh, 
I don't know which one it is, but Chicago something, I don't know, some little podunk town yanked him and a bunch of other people, and of course all the people. And a plane were... dealer in Indianapolis yeah. called him. Yeah, and and, and then said... any of the any of the newspapers owned by Gannett. Yeah, so I mean it's a big fat overreaction, a bunch of liberal, you know, hacks. But he said, and I find this really funny, he's not going to sue anybody for libel. But they're flat out lying. They're full blown, flat out lying. And it, it seems to me like it's an open and shut case. But he his his response to that was like, "Oh, that never works." I'm like, "I don't know. Tell that to the Covington kids. Tell tell that to uh, the Kenosha kid. I mean, tell tell it to all the people. Trump should be suing people left, right, and sideways for he, the but lies. He has been for the lies, you know and. They, they took down Rachel Maddow. They're taking down Don Lemon. They're taking down... I mean, you know, this needs, these people need to know that they can't just get away with lying. And that's what's happening here. So, um, I think it was the, the Daily Beast, which is basically the lefty version of the the um, Stormtrooper or whatever they call themselves. I forget what the other one's right, called. Right, right. Um, I mean, it's just a garbage, garbage fake news rag. Right, thing. right. They, the... the the one that runs Bat Boy and those actually hits the news more often than the Daily Beast oh, does. Weekly World News, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they ran a, kind of a smart way of doing it. They're like, oh, cue the rights, you know, supporting what he said. Well, no, or defending what he said. It's like, well, no, you don't have to because you agree too. You cannot pose that question to any person and say, okay, do you think that it is your, in your best interest to live among people? Who despise you? How can you disagree with that? And of course, then they all say, "Oh, the individual and the individual and the individual." He said over and over and over again, "I'm not talking about individual people." I mean, we all have black friends. Some of us are married to them. I mean, you know that that's not what he's talking about. We're not saying shun somebody at the grocery store, or whatever, but don't move into a neighborhood where they hate your guts. I mean, I would never live in Atlanta. The last time I was there, I feared for my life. And not because I'm afraid of black people, because I had black people get in my face and tell me they hated me and called me a bunch of names, literally for just walking down the street. It was it was That's terrifying. heartbreaking because I loved Atlanta. It was terrifying. I mean, they, they were literally like, what are you doing, Cracker B? And, you know, all the thing. And their pants are down around their ankles and everything. And, you know, screaming at me and everything. And all I was doing was shopping. <laughs> this was in downtown, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that used to be such a great place. And I'd never been there before, so I wanted to see some of the buildings and um, mm-hmm. know the way they, these people treated me. They hated me. They had no idea who I was. And, you know, I, I, but that was my personal experience. And it's like, why would I want to live there? Why right, would I want to live right. among people that hate me? I don't care what color their skin is. If it was a bunch of, you know... It was a bunch of fellow white people. Yeah, I wouldn't want to live there. I mean, yeah. we were we were joking because uh, one of the people that trolls his account constantly, their their username has the word vegan in it. And I'm like, I avoid vegans at all costs. <laughs> why would I, why would I want to live among them? You know, not you, Mary. <laughs> well, she doesn't listen. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's a uh, and there's always exceptions to the rule. Of course, that's that's where we get back to the individual. You yeah. know. We wouldn't shun Mary. We love her. And she's been on our show a couple of times. She's an amazing, beautiful human being. Still, I wouldn't go, you know, pull out my barbecue and, you know, throw a lamb shank on it in the middle of a a vegan 
neighborhood, <laughs> right. you know? I mean, and I, I, you know, I'm just saying, that's that's the way things are. So, yeah, so that's the big controversy there. I don't really want to talk too much about it because no matter what you say, you're going to be wrong. Yeah. No matter what you say, you're going to be Everybody's wrong. been talking about it. We've got bigger fish to fry, so to speak. Yeah, so. but I just figured the, uh, we do have It's Okay to Be Orange merch in our store. Featuring the lovely visage of our own Von Regal Beezer. And uh, he, he just wanted to lend some support to his fellow orange cat, Catbert. So that's where that comes from. And, uh, yeah, chat says classic liberal reaction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So do buy our stuff. Do buy our stuff. So this next one, should have yeah. read this one closer to the uh, sack mice, but <laughs> sack mice. Oh heavens! This is one of those that you just have to read the headline and maybe not even read the story. Man dressed as seven foot penis is arrested for harassing women. Uh, Was that um colormesurprise dot com? Yeah, <laughs> you think? <laughs> You don't want to read about the seven-foot penis? You just, you started it. and <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I brought up the next one, but that's okay. Let's... I love this. He's wearing an inflatable manhood costume. <laughs> All right. A, ma- a man dressed as a seven-foot penis has been arrested by police after women complained he had been harassing them. Military police in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil... Uh-oh, military police. They don't mess around. Arrested the man dressed as the giant phallus in the city center on Sunday for acting suspiciously. You know, walking it would around. never occur to me that somebody walking around a seven-foot willy costume. I'm trying to check it's my a, language. And it's not just any seven-foot willy costume. It's a seven-foot black Brazilian willy costume. Willy costume. <laughs> <laughs> If the guy's name is Dick, though, I'm just uh, that's the end of it. I doubt it. Uh, a picture of the arrest shows the man wearing an inflatable manhood costume and a pair of flip-flops, of course, being led away by peacefully by an officer. Just the man's feet and rather glum face can be seen. He looks kind of glum, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. As the officer with a baton tucked under his arm, uh, next to the guy who's dressed like a seven-foot baton. Anyway, carnival goers <laughs> in the city told police he had been using... His costume to chase women taking part in the day's parades. <laughs> Local media reporter. Oh, One Twitter used the comment "hard reality." Other netizens suggested he looked more like a like a poo than a penis, and he was not he the only ca- carnival reveler seized over the weekend. Police on patrol in Santa Luzia, Miras Jaraiz State, arrested a 20-year-old dressed as a prisoner as he left his home to join a parade on Saturday. He was about to board a bus to Belo Horizonte with a pal when officers approached him. He was wearing a red top, shorts with the acronym of the National Penitentiary Department, and a homemade electronic ankle tag. Officers received 15 portions of cannabis and another 15 of cocaine from the bum bag worn by one of the men. Bum bags? That's like a, a belly bag? Or... We used to yeah, call it's, 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 yeah. We used it, to call them just, fanny packs, but apparently but the, that means something different in Australia. Yeah. Well, this is the Daily Mail, which is British, Dave, but anyway. Dave said that uh, the poor uh, inflatable manhood costume guy was a sad sack. <laughs> oh, oh, 
God. Anyway, the pal, the the pair Blue confessed Zoe to the cops that they were planning people, to take though. some of the drugs and sell the rest to Carnival. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Carnival has gotten even that. I mean, they can even no, no, that nothing's happens. nothing's completely <laughs> safe anymore. <laughs> All right. So, what do you do if you see somebody commit a robbery? They get away. They run. They drop half their stash. Return the stash to the grocery store? Well, you know, you pick it up and eat the chips, of course. Mm. Memphis, Tennessee. A man was taken into custody after Memphis police say he ate two bags of chips that someone else had stolen from a convenience store. <laughs> Bet you can't eat just one. Three chips, woohoo! According to reports on February 9th, man got into an argument with a store clerk because she wouldn't sell him beer. The man then took an entire display of chips and put them into his car. I'm just going to take this, okay? <laughs> While walking with the display, the entire display, several bags of chips fell to the ground, police said, noting the clerk had followed the man out of the store. After the suspect drove off, another man, Joseph Braswell, picked up the two, two of the fallen bags of chips, which were valued at $4.98. Probably was, those little snack-sized bags. It's about four ninety-eight. one of those. Is that really how those are now? No. It used to be like no. $0.99. Cents. It depends. Minutes later, officers found Braswell with crumbs on his face. Police said they reviewed video footage and concluded that Braswell was aware of the theft. I don't know. I say if the thief dropped it in the street, it's fair game. <laughs> he was theft charged with theft of mer- merchandise less than $1,000. Boy, is he in the wrong state. If he was in California, they would have just given him more chips and some free needles and, and <laughs> sent can- him on his and way. And a can of beer. And a can yeah, and sent him on his way. Yeah. Don't eat secondhand chips, people. Just don't do it. You didn't see even they didn't even take the time to say whether they were, <laughs> you know, the the good chips like the Frito Lay stuff or the crappy store brand stuff. They, they didn't even bother. Well, believe it or not, we're at the top of the hour. We need to check in with Chuck, pay a couple of bills, and then we will come back with the second part of our three part series. We will be running a little late, but it's worth it. Stay tuned. And now, CCW News presents Holy Crap, This Is Actually Happening, Nuclear Witch Hunt Edition, February 2023. I'm Chuck U. Farley. The big news this week is that Tiger Woods handed fellow golfer Justin Thomas a tampon after outplaying him during a tournament. No, it's not actually news, but CNN did an entire segment about it anyway. I swear, I am not making this up. In the latest edition of the Trump Witch Hunt, The grand jury foreman, a giggly imbecile who worships at the Church of AOC, has been doing the rounds of all the We Got Him Now fake news shows to talk about how they didn't even uncover enough to subpoena President Trump or the made-up charges they're desperately trying to pin on him. Oh, and she literally identifies herself as an actual witch. I swear, I am not making this up. Speaking of giggly imbeciles, Vice Diversity Hire Harris, who brags about how she loves school buses and charging ports so much that she can't contain herself, was practically orgasmic over overlapping circles. She still hasn't done a darn thing about the open borders, child trafficking, or fentanyl inflow, but golly, aren't Venn diagrams just the coolest? Staying on the topic of witches, Susan Wojcicki, the CEO who single-handedly made YouTube into TikTok's ugly stepsister and will be blasting this very video off the platform, has found greener pastures and will be enforcing her totalitarian censorship elsewhere. In this broadcast's final story about witches, 
I promise. Disgraced fake news peddler and bitter hag Don Lemon found himself in a bit of a mess after insulting all women over the age of 20. Since they can't actually fire him, CNN is forcing him to attend a re-education camp. In the we've known this for decades and how is this just becoming news now department, old China Joe's younger brother Jim is just as corrupt as he is. Affidavits claim Jim was at the center of a $140 million settlement between a U.S. construction company in Saudi Arabia in 2012 and was put in that position because of his big brother's position as the Veep. Just like his son, Biden's name and penchant for extortion garnered extra favors from our enemies. The only question left is whether the big guy got his 10%. In celebration of President's Day, King Brandon shunned the nation he's supposedly the president of so that he could personally fly half a billion more of our taxpayer dollars to Ukraine. The incredibly expensive photo op depicted Biden and Zelensky casually walking through the abandoned streets of Kiev while air raid sirens sounded overhead because sauntering down Main Street is what any sane world leaders would do in a totally not staged, not fake incoming bomb situation. Word is he also had to dodge Hillary's fake sniper fire on his way back to Air Force One. Biden bragged about how all the money he's stolen from U.S. citizens will go to pay for things that we'll never see in our own country, like infrastructure and pensions, while going out of his way to actively ignore a disaster situation at home. After first denying FEMA aid to East Palestine, which was basically nuked with toxic gas from a train derailment, he clearly stated that he has no intention of visiting and waited two full weeks to finally send booty juice to speak to other elites, ignore the press, and deliver absolutely nothing that would help. While the recent infrastructure bill threw trillions at everything except infrastructure, the Biden cabal is trying to pin the derailment on Trump because, of course, they are. The derailment occurred due to plastic pellets and a hot axle, which was in no way related to the fancy brakes Trump's administration deregulated that wouldn't have been used on this type of train anyway, but orange man who hasn't been in office for two years, bad anyway. I'd repeat what Joy Behar spewed on The View, but I promise no more witch stories. Meanwhile, the real president not only showed up in Ohio, but he delivered pallets of water and other aid, talked to the actual citizens, and even sent meals to all the emergency responders, because of course he did. For CCW News, this has been holy crap. This is actually happening. I'm Chuck U. Farley. Good night, and may God help us. Your parents were jerks and you're traumatized. But that doesn't mean you should use your lousy childhood as an excuse to be a lousy adult. Stop being such a whiner and get past your past already. Bye, get over it and get started. The book by Melanie Hope that will get you out of your self-imposed failure and on the road to greatness. Available in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. In a land filled with deception, corruption, and the slow but steady erosion of constitutional freedom, one jackass, uh, Democrat, stands head and shoulders above the rest. Coming soon to a state near you, Robert Francis O'Rourke is the Mexican. That's Beto. I mean, uh, <clears throat> that's Beto to you, senor. 
He is unafraid to show his true colors, whatever they are at a given moment. For too many years, rich white men have run this country. Vote for me, and I promise I will... Now, wait a dang minute. Ain't you a rich white man? Uh, <clears throat> You must have mistaken me with some gringo, senor. Unafraid to tackle the numbers, even when they don't add up. Well, Max, if we do not change our consumerist, wasteful habits, life as we know it will come to an end in ten years. But, good sir, this timeline is being debunked by the very scientists who believe in climate change. Well, uh... <clears throat> Are you saying I am telling a lie? That is very racist of you. Unafraid to tackle you. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and AK-47s. But, sir, how are you going to confiscate millions of firearms without due process and without straining government resources? Well, uh, Trump's border policy is tearing families apart and white people like you think it's all right. Shame on you, gringo. Fear has a new name, and so does Robert Francis O'Rourke, the Mexican, coming soon to a Democratic debate near you. Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator. Forget smart goals and learn swift goals. Get the Sniper's Guide to Leadership in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Today! This show is brought to you in part by Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream. Pelosi Ice Cream is as yummy as being third in line for the presidency and as cold as one of Nancy's glares. Try all of the great flavors in our lineup. Left-wing lime, power-mad praline, loose denture licorice, vodka on the rocky road, bad orange man sherbet, blowout berry, and our brand new taste combo sensation, in peach mint. Whether you store it in your $25,000 freezer or lug it in your cooler as you walk aimlessly down Lombard Street while trying to avoid human feces, you'll love Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream, available at an overpriced upscale grocery store near you. Traveling shouldn't be a bore. It should be a chore. And at Dispirited Airlines, we will give you a fully modern flying experience that even the TSA envies. To keep our super low fares in the gutter, you can fully customize your experience by paying for endless extras. Carry on? No problem. We charge by the ounce for our convenience. Checked bags? No problem. <laughs> we don't check anything. Seat? You can't fly without one or the fee that comes with it. Air masks? Window shades? Vents? All yours for the asking and a low fee just below your ticket price. Pillow? Peanuts or water? 1950 called and wants its expectations back. You won't find such nonsense on Dispirited. 
We are a modern airline. As soon as you clean up after the previous occupant, you'll enjoy all the modern conveniences of a storage pocket and, on flights over two hours, a free reading light. Upgrade to our super deluxe seating package that includes cushions and armrests and is even bolted to the fuselage for your added safety. Another hallmark of our airline is our truly unique approach to customer service, meaning we don't offer any. At Dispirited, we treat you just like family. Get a truly 21st century family experience from our dour, ticked off, overworked and underpaid flight attendants, counter agents and flight crews. We might even start arguing with you and asking about your failed marriage, your dead end job or your weight. Just to remind you why you have to fly Dispirited in the first place, you cheap loser. For a travel experience you'll never forget, although Lord knows you will try, call us today at 1-800-DISPIRITED or book online at pleaseforthelovofgoddon'tcancelmyflightagain.com. Dispirited Airlines, third world service with first world fees. everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as one dollar. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that Mommy and Daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand albacore tuna, my own pink Let's talk about the myth, the man himself. Let's talk about the honorable Dr. Fauci. So Dr. Fraudici, as I like to call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I knew about him from the AIDS pandemic, and he was a fraud then. So how did he become the face of, oh, no, I'm sorry, the science. <laughs> so that, that's... I am the science. This, this goes back to, to you have an issue, you go to 10 different doctors, they're going to tell you 10 different things. But when it comes to the pandemic, Fauci says, I am the science. There's only one way to treat it. There's only one way to do things. And he was wrong time after time after time after time. And I, with AIDS, he was wrong with COVID. 100% so, of the so time. With AIDS, so going back to, to with AIDS, he's still searching for a vaccine. If, if you recall, he said back, I believe it was in the early 90s, he said, you know, the we're developing a vaccine and, and he was searching for it. And to this day, there's still no vaccine for it. Um, but he basically gave hope saying, you know, we're, we're going to come out with a vaccine and this, this will be eradicated. But that he has, also told everybody that parents can give it to their children just by feeding them cereal. And, and I mean, he refused to admit what actually, you know, caused it until, you know, it came out and he couldn't deny it anymore. The thing is, the guy's always been a political he, he was a political he, appointee. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's not a doctor. And yet everybody trusts him. And I don't get it. 
He's I, such a weak. Well, I mean, bill. people trust Bill Gates as a medical expert all of a sudden. I mean, you could name a bunch he's of people. He's got the word, you know, doctor in front of his name. So does Jill. And, and neither one of them have ever met a patient. So like, do ever. I, technically speaking. Yeah. Jim has, he, <laughs> technically, he has the word doctor in front of his name, but none of them have ever <laughs> met a patient. And, and yet people just absolutely gave away everything. They just bowed down at the altar of Fauci. But, what is that? So so here's uh, here's a problem I have with Fauci. He's supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be the science. So when, when someone comes in front of the podium and microphone and says, I am the science, like, I know everything. Okay. Okay, and let me trust this And they call Trump guy. an egomaniac, and he never said anything <laughs> even remotely close to that. But Fauci but, well, literally says you, that. Let me tell you why I have a problem with that now. Because initially, I'm like, okay, let's give this guy a chance. He's he's the type of doctor I'd want to go to if he knows mm -hmm. everything. No. First, he said <laughs> this was 10 times deadlier than the flu. We now know that's patently false. Patently yeah. false. Absolutely next, false. Next, he said this can be transmitted through through uh, like contact, that, that's why they shut down the playgrounds. And right. that's why you saw people wiping down doorknobs and wiping down- Filling in skate parks, you know, just you know, crazy stuff. And, and, now, and now it has been scientifically proven that the number is closer to 0% of COVID yeah. being, like literally it, it, it's just statistically- Statistically zero, up. yeah. Mm -hmm. almost impossible for it to and that's why you don't see it and the whole hand sanitizer thing like no one really cares about it because they know okay that'll stop other viruses the hand yeah hand, but not sure. it's an airborne virus this is right this is through the nostrils through the mouth not on the hands right and, and, and so he he said that then when it comes to face masks i actually agreed with him he initially said face masks won't do you any good they'll just mentally make you feel better about yourself Right. Uh -huh. That's it. And, and then somebody paid him and he said something different. So within two to three weeks, he then came out and said, oh, you got to mask up. Everyone needs to be masking up. When he initially said there's no reason to be walking around without a mask. Yeah. So, and so then he's I, like, oh, I lied. And everybody's like, oh, OK. Like, wait, but he lied to you. So why do you think he's telling the truth now? <laughs> His words, he said, they don't provide protection. His words, not mine. And then uh, in January 2020, I have a list right here. He said, this is not a major threat to the people of the United States. Uh, this is something that the citizens of the United States should not be worried about. He kept saying, you know, this is not a big deal. Nobody should be worried. Throughout January 2020, the risk is very low. Well, then what does Trump do? He shuts off the flights from, from China because it go, went against Fauci's science of this is not right. a big deal, and Trump is called a racist and a xenophobe. Right. Meanwhile, China. Nancy's like, oh, hug a Chinese <clears throat> person, and let's go to Chinatown, and yeah. this and that. Right, so um, Fauci was, he was just wrong time after time after time. Then when the vaccine came out, he said this vaccine What's, is super safe. No, I have to ask you, though, okay, because I, I think you and I understand each other. Was he wrong i don't know or or i mean given how much he had invested in creating this disease was he protecting himself so this is an opinion like you can look this up and you're not going to find much stuff about it just look up gain of function research mm -hmm. his labs in china mm -hmm. uh 
I personally think Fauci went on the defensive when all this happened. And yes. I'm hoping that emails will be published, investigations will be done. Twitter, they have been, but <clears> they've been suppressed. They've been suppressed, I know. Um, you know, Musk publishes more Twitter stuff between Twitter executives and Fauci and, and a few others. I'm really hoping that that more comes out because to me, I, I think the entire time he was just trying to do damage control. Yes. And he was using us as, as guinea pigs. And speaking of guinea pigs, we, we can we can shift to, to the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Look, the vaccine, and this is where I think you and I are going to disagree. Okay. The vaccine works. The vaccine, when they came, it was really a miracle what Donald Trump was able to do under Operation Warp Speed. So there's this right. misnomer out there that Trump voters, Trump supporters hate Don- or uh, think COVID is fake or hate the vaccine. When in that's reality, not, that's not true. Trump is very pro-vaccine. He got the vaccine himself. He takes credit for it. He even calls it the Trump vaccine. And when he mm-hmm. When he had a rally in Alabama, uh, I want to say about two years ago, and he mentioned the vaccine, his supporters booed him. <laughs> so, so to blame it on on Donald Trump that oh, a lot of people aren't getting vaccinated because it's, because Trump told them. No, that that's Trump, ridiculous. Because that's he's the one who 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 got rid of all of the the, the red, red tape so that they it. could do it. Yeah, that that's not why we chose not. To do it, uh, but different reasons. Yeah, so, let's so let finish. Medical decisions should person, not be political. Absolutely. It, it, it and and look, I here's why I got it. Initially, I didn't get it, and I was shamed for not getting it. And the reason why I had a very calculated approach to it: the vaccine. I was eligible to get the vaccine in May 2021. May 2021. And I said, by the time it was my turn, because I was way down at the totem pole, by the time it was my turn, I said, I'm not getting the vaccine. And people would say, why? You're so selfish. You know, your grandma this, your great grandma that. Yeah, how does you <laughs> not getting an experimental medical procedure make you the selfish one? That, that's that's what, and, I mean, that and, is and, and my answer was pretty simple. My answer was simple. I, I said, I said, what's, is COVID even a thing anymore? Because in May 2021 in Florida, it was not at all. Right. It right. was like near zero. And, and the, the cases and numbers kept dwindling and dwindling across the United States. So much so that in the, the, the July issue of, of Bloomberg Businessweek, they named the United States. They were doing like, you know, best country to like travel to because COVID is gone. They had like some kind of weird uh you know award or ranking system and for the first time the u.s was number one so i said why on earth would i get this like you said this experimental vaccine when when we're number one in the world like everyone should come to the u.s to vacation because covid is gone so i said i'm not getting it because i know how these back this experimental vaccine is going to work you're going to take it and then it's going to peak your peak immunity is going to be about six weeks later and then it's going to wane so all those people who got the vaccine in December, January, December 2020, January 2021, well, what do you think is going to happen once that vaccine wanes? The Indian variant comes in. And of course, they changed the name of that to the Delta variant. Mm-hmm. The Indian virus, that's really what it was, comes in with a vengeance. And people who are vaccinated start getting COVID. And they're like, how could I get COVID? I got the vaccine. This was supposed to be the end of the pandemic. 
well, dumb, look, you dummy, like, if you really wanted to be fully protected, you would have waited before the Indian virus came and then gotten the vaccine. So that's exactly what I did. I saw exactly, okay, this is what's happening in Israel. This Delta variant is hitting Israel. It's moved to the UK. It's going to start hitting the United States. The moment I saw that it was hitting New York, I said, it's going to be coming down to Florida. I went and got my vaccine. Now, the next question is, which vaccine? That's the other thing that the medical leaders did not do right. a good job of communicating. They lumped them all together. The U.S. Was, is a first world country and had the luxury. You have three different vaccines in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You'll be lucky to even have one vaccine in Timbuktu. Timbuktu doesn't even have, most of Africa doesn't even have a vaccine. And we can get into later about natural immunity mm-hmm. and why COVID did not penetrate most of Africa poor places in India. We can get into that later. It has to do with our healthcare system, our diets. We are still going to have to have another interview. Mm. I need to ask really quickly, though, before you continue, do you see a difference between a true vaccine and the mRNA recoder? Because I feel like there were two not vaccines and one actual vaccine. Where do you land on that? So, so that's why that's why I brought up the whole. We had three vaccines available in the United States, mm-hmm. and that gave me ample time to say, "Look, let all these other guinea pigs be the guinea pigs, and then I'll take a step back, look at the data, and decide what's the best for me." And mm-hmm. that's why I decided, and I was shamed for this. I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Okay. Because yep. The J and J vaccine was the adenovirus vaccine. An it was not an actual vaccine. Yeah. It was an actual vaccine, a similar vaccine to what my kids get when they go to the pediatrician. What I got when I was a little kid. It's the the same. If you want to call, I don't know where this term technology came from, but it's the same technology as all of those. And yeah. so, the only problem with that vaccine is if you're a young woman, don't recommend it. Why the FDA halted it for a week, which was a huge mistake. When you roll out a vaccine, you don't halt it two weeks later. What do you think that's going to do from a PR perspective? What do you think that's, that's going to look do? like a disaster? <laughs> yeah. It's going to freak yeah. people out. And you, it, you should halt everything for pregnant women mm-hmm. until there's more studies. Just a, in as general, a blanket. In general. So yeah. if you were a young woman with no comorbidities, I I, I would have said, you know what. Just don't get the vaccine and 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 you'll be fine. If you have comorbidities, I would have said just take the Pfizer vaccine. So why are there literally zero studies that show the difference in outcome between those who got Pfizer and uh, Moderna, the other one, Moderna. mRNA I'm recoding versus J&J, which is an actual vaccine. And that's one of my biggest frustrations as a chem bio major, uh, you know, who teaches this is you're calling this a vaccine, but it's not. J&J it's not. is. It's, 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 it's a job. J&J it's is. a job. It's a okay. shot. It's a job. This yeah. is not. This, this is what's and, called and that's my biggest vaccine. frustration. And why is there no data, zero data? They're lumping them all together like they're Maybe all it'll come out. they're not. Maybe it'll come out. What we do know, here's we, there is data on the Moderna vaccine, and that's a vaccine you stay far away from. There mm-hmm. is a reason why Iceland banned the Moderna vaccine, why uh-huh. Sweden and Switzerland and Finland and Estonia and Latvia... These are all nations that 
either fully ban the Moderna vaccine or partially ban the Moderna vaccine. Uh-huh. You stay far and far. Again, you can fact check it if you want it. If you, if you were to just Google right now, Iceland Moderna vaccine, you'll see all these these articles that come up about. But see, uh, these aren't vaccines, and that's what frustrates me. Is like they they changed. They literally had to go back and change the definition because these are not vaccines. J&J is. These other two are not. We'll call it a jab. We'll call it a shot. But but, uh, Iceland, I mean, this is Bloomberg right here. Iceland Mm. joins Nordic nations in banning Moderna jab. So Norway, I mean, the the list goes on and on. The reason is because of the effects, the deleterious effects of the vaccine. Here they cited the heart issues, the myocarditis, the okay. heart inflammation, mm-hmm. as so well as that's real because they're trying to tell us that, that that that's not real, and we're crazy for even thinking that's real. This is this is this is again. You can Google this here. I did it in real time. These are all facts, and so this is the problem with them because the CDC, the FDA, they said, "Oh, just go get any bag. Just put something in your body. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what. Just go get anything." And I'm here saying. No, that's not scientific. How yeah. about you? How about you actually share? It? This is the J and J vaccine. This is how it's different from the Pfizer vaccine, and this is how the, Pfizer is different from the Moderna vaccine. Right. And and you make your decision. And J and J, yes, it is weaker. It is not as effective against COVID. But guess what? I don't care because I get the J and J vaccine, and I get COVID. It's a freaking cold. Okay. I I, I right. don't care. <laughs> so so uh, t- help me with the booster situation okay so when i go get uh a, i am not an anti-vaxxer okay so i got all my vaxxes as a kid i i used i was to work- a human pincushion in the marine yeah he was a marine yeah <laughs> um i used to work for devito where they would give us the flu vaccine for free every year because that was just a thing you know, so I've had my share of getting, you know, and I have no fear of needles. I'm the person who looks as you're you're taking my blood, whatever. Help me with why all of a sudden one particular strain of crazy virus needs 200 million boosters. <laughs> What's that about? I have never needed a booster in my entire life. I suspect what it's profit. It? Driven. Is, so, it, oh, it's, it's absolutely, is it money? It, it's absolutely profit driven, but also, look, nobody needs at this stage, nobody needs these because it's now estimated that close to 99% of the US population has either been vaccinated or has gotten COVID. Okay, but so, they don't consider those of us who have had COVID as valid. And and I wager that natural immunity is every bit as important. So here's here's where I'm going to disagree with you with on that. Natural immunity is very important. It provides even there are countless studies that show that natural immunity provides more protection than the vaccine. Yes. Here's where it's a little different. Okay. The first off, uh, an added dose of let's say the J and J. First off, none of these shots are available. The original Wuhan strain shots aren't available anymore. Now it's this terrible uh, bivalent booster shot, which is 
horrible. And, and the, the FDA even came out and said, hey, this is, it's looking like this is causing strokes in, in elderly people. And yeah. this is not as effective. There is a study that came out that this is not as effective as the original. This movie. sounds like an entire different episode. <laughs> but 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 anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is the vaccine will provide an extra, an additional layer of protection. So so I personally, I'm done with the shot. I'm I because I got COVID already, or mm -hmm. I got it recently, and I've gotten first dose J and J, booster J and J, the bivalent. I I told every I said I'm done. I'm not getting it because. What we are seeing with the myocarditis, with the heart issues, with the stroke issues, our, our Surgeon General here in Florida said that people below the age of 40 shouldn't even be getting any vaccines. And oh. they published a, a study. Again, you can look that up. They published a study research. And of course, the, the, the scientists are saying, oh, this is a flawed study and this and that. Look, the bottom line, the point that he's making is that, and this is what people aren't understanding, this basic concept of risk, okay? Yeah. There is yeah. risk when you wear a face mask. There is risk when you take a vaccine. The question is, is that risk greater than getting COVID? Is that risk greater yes. than the gum disease, the gingivitis, the, the loss of, of uh, body language, of facial expression for a four-year-old child? Right. Like, is that risk worth it, okay? What we've done and to our children is, is horrific. They, yeah. They've been able to quantify Okay, quantify and show. It depends on age. If you're 90 years old, yes, it is worth it for you to get the Moderna vaccine. Absolutely. If you're 90 years old, yes, the Moderna vaccine is the strongest. It's banned in Iceland. It's banned in Sweden. It's banned in Norway. It's banned in a bunch of places. But if you're 90 years old and you have eight comorbidities, go ahead and get the Mo the Moderna vaccine because well, you you're got 90 to lose. Right. Exactly. But if you're a, a 34 year old healthy young man. There's no reason to be getting the Moderna vaccine. Absolutely no reason. Or and if any. you got the Moderna vaccine and you're, you're listening to yeah. this podcast, this is where I say you're going to get offended. You're going to get mad. You're going to be sad. You're going to get worried. I'm just sharing the truth. The, no, the fact. Uh, my, I, I tutor children across the nation. And every time one of my students cancels because they're getting the vaccine and they got sick, my heart just bleeds for them. There is no reason that these children should be getting these jabs. None. Absolutely. None. And that's why that's why my son didn't get it. My, we had a pediatrician say, oh, you know, he should get the jab. I said, no, he's not getting Until there are more studies done and until you show me why it's even worth it for him to get it. Yeah. He's probably you're, been natural. You're, you're, you're smarter father than most. Kids are at risk. So let's not put our kids into more risk by giving them an experimental drug. You know, if they're not, I mean, I could, I would understand parents, you know, doing it, the original, like the Spanish flu, where people were dying left, right, and sideways. If we had something for that, you know, the reason so many people died was because we didn't know how to treat it. But if we had a vaccine against that, absolutely, 100%, get your kids vaccinated, for God's sake. But this, kids are not dying of this. So, so it's I, so I, rare. I, I want to talk so about. Rare. I want to talk about the vaccine. Of course, look, everything that we're saying just debunks this concept of vaccine mandates. Those were the dumbest, most no. draconian measures absolutely. that led to more inflation. That yes. led to higher costs across the board. Yep. This is again, this is what this the scientists don't see. What they did, what they created, and it made more people distrust it. 
it, it made that now there's research that's got again email me narasha at, at narashavisa.com i can send you studies that have shown that now there's a 50% distrust in the medical community, in the yes. scientific community, yep. because of these dumb mandates, because of this dumb science where there was no science whatsoever, yep. no data, nothing to back it up. And so that's a vaccine mandates. They were a disaster. The vaccine efficacy, okay? For, so like we said, these were jabs, these were shots, these were not vaccines. The efficacy, a true vaccine is you get the shingles shot and boom, you don't have to, you get the polio vaccine, you're not gonna get polio. That's the, that's what a vaccine is supposed to do. It's a flu shot. People will call right. it the yeah. flu vaccine. There's a chance that you can get the flu, you'll have minimal symptoms, hopefully. It's, it's a shot. And so in this case, initially they came out and said, look, we if you remember, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, I know a lot of people in the medical community, younger people, and when these vaccines came out in December 2020, people were taking videos of themselves getting the shot and saying, you oh, know, what was they that? They were taking videos. Creepy video. yeah. was that? It was creepy. Where people as hell. were like, oh, oh, I feel so elated. I feel it's so it's a status crazy. symbol thing. Well, it's a it's creepy. like I'm first in line. I'm I'm first in line. I'm a you know. Uh, I, I'm the first person, which again, I already debunked. You're an idiot for getting the shot that early. You should have waited before Delta variant, Indian variant came and then gotten the shot and you would have actually been protected for it. Instead, you ended up getting COVID. But anyway, they, they took these videos and posted them saying, I'm so happy that the pandemic is over because of this. And I was saying all along, no, it's not. Yeah. This is just no. the beginning. If you like, wait for the next variant to hit, okay? This yeah. vaccine is not going to be effective against it. No. And watch the, the effectiveness of this vaccine wane. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so this was what's called a leaky vaccine. And there's one guy who I follow, Geert Vandenbosch. In, in okay, Europe. I've never heard that term before. Leaky vaccine. It's a leaky vaccine. There's a study out of Penn State University's, University a long time from 10, 15 years ago about leaky vaccines. And, and the idea behind leaky vaccines are that they're short-term solutions, but they don't fix the long-term problem. Because what happens is, in this case, they initially said, oh, this is like 99 point something percent effective. And it was against the Wuhan strain. It was. Right. But the thing is, by the time like they rolled out the strain. vaccine, yeah. we were at like the UK strain or the, the you know, South African strain or some other. I strain. love how you're naming the strains after where they came from, because we're not the allowed to say numbers, that. Numbers are confusing this beta, gamma, delta. I mean, not everyone's Greek and can name the Greek alphabet. And mm -hmm. numbers are confusing. This is why I say it's 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 SARS-2. Or yeah, it's a much more, a much better The other thing that people aren't considering that frustrates me to no end, and, and I get blasted for this on all social media, the goal of a virus, it, it, its entire reason for existence is to replicate. And if you kill yep. the host, you're failing. So what's going to happen is if you let it do its thing, yes, some hosts are going to die. But it's going to realize, oh, wait, I, I'm killing my host, so now I need to change so i don't and it's going to keep getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker so yes it's going to be more spready more people are going to get it but it's also not going to be as deadly it's kind but of a variant it's kind of a variant of what you were saying earlier. That's literally what that is yeah. but that is literally the the the, re, the the purpose of a virus but what we did is we shut everything down so it wasn't able to do that and so it stayed at its deadliest 
it's its highest, most deadliest rate because it never got to to replicate and and realize, oh, I'm killing my hosts. I need I need to to change. And and that's what's happening again. It's like they keep wanting to shut us down. They keep wanting us to wear masks. They keep wanting us to do all these things. And it's like, no, what you do is you let it take its course because what's going to happen is, yes, it's going to get more spready. More of us are going to get, you know, cold and sniffles and whatnot. But the virus wants to replicate. That is its only job. That is the only thing it wants to do is replicate. And if it's killing its host, it can't do that. So, so let if me, you let allow me it to change and mutate and replicate, the more of us who get the different strains. Well, you bring up you bring up a good. So let me talk about Geert Vandenberg because when when I was listening to him, that made me find this study on leaky vaccines out of Penn State, and and the idea is if something is only let's say ninety percent effective, well the ten percent that's not effective, that's going to continue on and it's going to mm -hmm. mutate into something that's stronger. Right. That 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 was a the the this huge scientific article that that was like the 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 two sentence summary of it. Okay. Which There's, is just basic biology. I mean, it's, it's it like, you know, fourth is, grade biology. Our <laughs> I mean, healthcare leaders didn't think, they still can't think for some reason. Yeah. There is one country that, so going back to Geert Vandenbosch, so what he said is, look, there's only one way to, to eradicate this virus. This concept that the medical leaders said, oh, we need to get to COVID zero, we can get to COVID zero. The only way you could, it's, it's, it's humanly impossible. The only way you could do it is you shut down the entire world and everybody gets vaccinated at the same time. You can't have one person getting vaccinated today. And the vaccine and then, actually works. And then another person getting va vaccinated next week because yeah. the virus is gonna move, move, move. Right, so and the vaccine actually works, that's the thing. And you have to go to every, you have to go to the slums of Djibouti also and get all those. I mean, it, it's an impossible thing to right. accomplish. And this is where, this is where, uh, you know. And that's I, what China I, tried and failed. They, they failed. They failed miserably. Absolutely failed. They killed more people because of the lockdowns than the stupid virus would have killed. So, so what, what Vandenbosch was saying is, look, all this money that's being spent across the world on welfare and stimulus checks and this and that. He said, what you do is you let life continues as normal. Mm -hmm. You warn the public, you warn the elderly, you warn the immunocompromised, mm -hmm. hey, this is out there, stay at home or whatever, mask up, stay at home, do whatever. But you let the world continue. You let, and instead those resources, all that money would be spent towards a right. healthcare space. You quarantine the, the vulnerable. What they did is they quarantined the well. That's mm -hmm. the exact Which opposite. made them unwell. The exact opposite. You and quarantine the vulnerable. You quarantine the sick. You do not quarantine the well. Well, well his whole idea, his whole thing, and I'm going to give you a great analogy about this because this goes to wokeness and the whole wokeness uh, idea behind wokeness of death. So he said, yes, the hospitals will get full. Yes, it, they will run out of space. Yes, it, the hospitals will be super busy. And so the, all those funds that are going out to people who quit their jobs and just want free money, you put that money, those multi-trillion dollars in the United States and you know hundreds of trillions of dollars worldwide, you put that into the healthcare space to make sure they have the resources necessary to take care of those patients. Because yes, they are gonna get sick. Many of them will die, but what's going to end up happening is you're going to have enough natural infection, and and essentially Darwin, you know, Darwinian theory, like the 
the immunocompromised or vulnerable, yes, they will pass. And then this virus will be eradicated. And we saw one country do this. That country was Sweden. Mm-hmm. And if you pull up the numbers today, you pull up the numbers, Sweden isn't even in the top 55 in death per capita in the world. Right. Because what did Sweden do? They said, look, we're leaving it up to you guys. You don't have to mask up. You don't have to lock down. You go ahead and you do what you need to do. And yes, we know many of you will die. And what happened in 2020? They looked like fools because a lot of people died per capita. But what happened in 2021 and 2022? It's almost like the virus just disappeared. Yep. Fewer people died because the the the. And 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 that's the the question that begs to be asked is how many of those people were going to die anyway? Exactly. We're talking people in their seventies, eighties, nineties, people with you know five, like you were saying, four or five comorbidities. Those people were going to die anyway. They absolutely. This may have accelerated it, but now we've got to talk about quantity versus quality. If you told me that my choice was. Okay, you're going to live another year, longer than you would anyway, excuse me, but you don't get to talk to anybody, you don't get to see anybody, you never get to hug your children or your grandchildren. I'd be like, screw you, give me my five minutes with my children. I'd go crazy. Yeah. I'm not the most sociable person in the world, but I would go crazy. Yeah. I I, I get it, but but Sweden is a prime example because what happened was they had a lot of natural infection, a lot of natural infection. Yeah. To where these people have built up such strong immunity. And yes, they have a vaccine there too. And many of these people got additional protection through the vaccine. And you just look at the data and you look at the numbers and how much Sweden is crushing it, crushing the rest of the EU, the rest of Europe, crushing the rest of the world. Because their tack was just like any virus or any flu look, it's going to come, it's going to infect people, but you deal with it. We give our healthcare workers the resources to deal with it. And we move on with life and look at where they are. Whereas still in the United States, you have people afraid of COVID in certain places. If you're not masked up, you're not allowed. Some places want to bring back mask mandates. And so this this goes to the whole idea behind wokeness, mm-hmm. uh, because people don't understand. You brought this up earlier. Today in the United States, okay? In the United States, there are fewer. And by the way, initially Fauci said that in 2020 alone, he expected more than 2 million people to pass from COVID. More than 2 million. We still haven't reached that number. Fauci's never been right about anything. We're, we're in our, we've completed three years of this pandemic and we still haven't reached that number. But with that being said, today, um, there are approximately, uh, let's just, we can actually, we can actually look at the United States death toll, uh, coronavirus death toll in the United States and run a and quick and Keep in mind, folks who are listening, that's with COVID, that's not with necessarily COVID. We, 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 of. We, we should talk about that next, but yeah. there are 1.12 million deaths in the United States. Okay, so if I do 1.12 million divided by 335 million, which is how many people were in the U.S., we're now at uh, 0.003. So as a as a percentage, we're at uh, yeah. So we're at 0.003, and that's of the population, not necessarily of people who got it. 
that's well, well, well what I'm saying that, that that's how many people have have died. So we're not even at one percent. Yeah. Uh, we're not even at one tenth percent. You, we're not even at one tenth of one tenth percent. Uh, we're actually this this I believe is point three. We're at three tenths. We're at uh yeah. You said we're at point zero zero. Yeah, that's that's uh not a, as a person. That's as a decimal. As a percentage, it's it's point three three percent. So so okay, we're so still. We're not even at, we're not at 1% of the population. We're not at half a percent of the population. Right. We're at 0.3, let's just say by the end of this year, it's going to be 0. 0.4. 0.4%, and this is in year four. Right. We're not talking about year one. Right. So in four years' time, we're at 0.4%. So we're talking four out of 1,000 people who get it. Uh, 0.4%. Yeah, four out of 1,000 people. Right. Okay, I mean, a lot of people would think that that's significant. I mean, that that's nothing to sneeze at. So it's, to speak. It's not. Um, I, I do have a question, though, because we were talking about, I, I, I know we kind of went a little bit this well, way, but on, I want to go on, back the way but we I, came. But I want to I go back to what you just said, because we have to, that's compared to what? Because exactly, exactly. we are part of the 99.9% of people who have survived this pandemic. So if, if, someone, if someone jumps off a building, what's the likelihood that they're going to survive that? Pretty low. Or, or sorry, the, yeah, pretty low that they're going to survive. Low, yeah. If somebody gets cancer, what's the likelihood they're going to survive pretty that? It's, it's, it's going to be, it, the likelihood that they survive is going to be lower than surviving yeah. COVID. Again, we're part of the 99.9 percent. Only 0.4 percent so. of the U.S. population yeah. has passed from COVID. 0.4 right. in four years. So that means 0.1 percent per year. 0.1 percent yeah. per year is which is statistically zero. Which is essentially statistically zero. Yeah. So 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 it's important to break down the numbers. And to see, okay, I want to massacre, or I'm going to force kids to get the, the vaccine. Okay, well, what did I do? I go to the CDC website, and I see how many children in Florida died from COVID in 2020, 20, in 2020 and 2021. Zero. Before, and no, there weren't zero. They, they, they published that there were approximately 19 children in 2020 and 2021 who died from COVID. Okay, so there are 19 children. Statistically zero. Well, well, Fauci came out and said that most of the children being hospitalized were being hospitalized for like a broken leg or whatever exactly. and they got tested for covid and yeah. or the ones who were severely immunocompromised who ended up passing already had like cancer or some other comorbidity so they died with and, it not of and, it and, and, exactly so so it's almost I mean, like, and they flat out admitted that they flat out admitted yeah anybody who gets tested in the hospital and has it is going to be marked as a covid death george floyd was a covid, COVID death he was a COVID. George Floyd was a COVID death. Yeah, was, motorcycle accidents, airplane crashes. Well, it's yep. because the the hospitals were incentivized financially Absolutely. to and still are. So yeah, then you can look this up. This is publicly available in Michigan and Florida and Illinois. You had health secretaries of these states saying, if someone has COVID, we're marking it as a COVID, because it's the easiest way to track it. Otherwise, they wanted to make it easy as easy as possible. And then of course mm -hmm. the incentives. If if someone comes into the hospital with COVID and they book that patient, 
the, the physicians don't even know this because it's the business people in the background who are getting the paperwork at the end. And then they're saying, okay, let's book this as a COVID death or COVID, yep. uh, you know, whatever. If you're intubated, you get more, you, you get more money from the government, at mm -hmm. least from uh, as a part of the CARES Act. And this is not the case anymore, obviously. But, right. but back in 2020, 2021, this was certainly the case. So there was absolutely the CDC said it, Robert Redfield said it with the CDC. You had countless Surgeon General say it, mm -hmm. where... Yes, that's where the number, and that's why you have to look at the excess death. In 2019, you have to look at how many people died in the United States in 2019 and how many people died total. in the United States yes. total in 2020. Yes. And the difference is your true COVID death count. Okay, so where do we land on that? So if we look at the 2019 uh, U.S. population, we'll look at it right now. To my knowledge, it, it was, or sorry, yeah, uh, so the population back then, sorry, not the population, um, the, the number of deaths, the death rate, yes. the death. So we had, uh, about 2.83 million people. And this goes to the wokeness of, of death. We had about mm -hmm. 2.8386 million people die in the United States in 2019, 2.86 million. Okay. And, and that average wasn't higher or lower than normal. First off, that's a lot of people. And this well, is where, is. again, many people don't understand, like, death is a part of life. Like, people die. Well, yeah. Go to your funeral home and, and just sit there for a day and see how many funerals come through. That They're booked up every single day, seven days a week. Right. Go to any funeral home. This is the case. So two point, That is a fact of life. I mean, it's it a fact of life. And again, the healthcare leaders, they took this tack of, Every life matters. Every life counts. And I'm here to say that has never been a public policy perspective. Here's why. Here's well, why. And it's from the same people who are totally okay with murdering their own children. You know, it, 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 it's, it, it's don't even get me started on that. It's like, yeah, it, it, you're just a cluster of cells. We're just going to murder you. Or, you know, you, you think you might be a unicorn, so we're going to mutilate you. These same people are like, oh, but if you don't get this jab or wear this mask or do this thing, you're killing grandma. Why do you all of a sudden care about human life when you obviously don't? <laughs> you just literally don't. You know, it, it, it's a power. It was all about power. It was absolutely all about power. And there was about a 400,000 uh, increase in, in death from 2019 to 2020. That was the, okay. the excess so there death. Was, and so that's the real number. COVID was real. It was real. It, it, you it know, was real. So uh, all the they they think that everybody who is questioning this are tinfoil hat wearing anti-vaccine didn't think it was real. No, that's nonsense. We don't believe that. It no, was we actually real. do our research. It was a real we go disease. on the CDC website. Yes. We look at the stats. We look at Absolutely. the numbers. But I want to go back to to the whole wokeness thing. Two point nine million, nearly two point nine million people died in 2019. Nobody cared. Nobody was out there marching saying, you know, stop the fast food, stop eating meat, right. stop eating at restaurants, exercise oh, okay. more. Some were. Some were with the meat thing. <laughs> very few, very, very few, very few yeah. people. And all of a sudden, the, the media goes crazy yeah. and it says, stay away from me. So you have to stay six feet away from me. No, three feet, no, nine feet, no, 30 feet, no, 60 feet. It, 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 it was just, I call it 2020, the, the year of the great American awakening, because here we are with two, uh, with, with so many people who died in 2019, 2.9 million people in 2018, the number wasn't that far off. 
millions of people dying every year. No one gave a crap. No one cared at all. Heart disease, cancer, car accidents, you name it. And I'm going to give you this example of car accidents. I will bet you a quadrillion dollars that there will be at least 30,000 people who died this year in 2023. There'll be at least 30,000 people who die in 2024. In 2025, same thing, at least from car accidents. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. Right. government knows this. The public health people mm-hmm. know this. Everybody knows this, that at least 30,000 people are going to die. And why is I, nobody I was, doing anything about it? I was doing it? the statistics, and more people die from air freshener accidents than died of COVID. Like the, You mean like plugging in and then, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. More people died from <laughs> hammer incidents than died of COVID. More people died from being struck by lightning than died of COVID. And yet nobody's marching in the streets that are like anti-air freshener. Nobody's well, marching in the streets for so, car accidents. I don't know it, how accurate those statistics are because 400,000 people in excess death is that's a hard number to beat that that's quite a lot because remember no, 2.9 million people and like i said in. we're not denying this we're not denying it we're just saying the reaction was way overdone well what i'm saying is what i'm so what i'm saying is covid is real a lot of people died i don't right. know about the lightning i don't know about the air fresheners but i know in my age cohort people above below 40 with no core morbidities yeah, there are more people who drowned in swimming pools than who died from COVID. Right. Right. But we didn't shut down the universe over that. <laughs> we we didn't end all commerce. We didn't force people into, you know, face diapers and 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 distancing and and all that. And and that's but, the but, thing. So, so and so and they're that, still talking about bringing that back every year. Well, well, they want well, that to be a I'll, yearly thing. We'll get to the mass. We'll get to the mass. But going back to the cars. Because the point that I'm making here is everybody knows that there will be, no one's going to take me up on my bet of a quadrillion dollars because everybody knows that there are going to be at least 30,000 people who die from car accidents mm-hmm. every year, at least. Sometimes that number can reach 50,000. We know it. Everyone knows it. Why isn't anybody doing anything about it? How come all of a sudden this wokeness comes when COVID hits every life matters? Because here's why. A society can't function if they're trying to save every life. Think about it, if we ban cars, yes, 30,000 people are gonna die. 35,000, 40,000 people are gonna die. If we ban cars, now we have to walk everywhere. We can't get anywhere, we can't get to work. Think about the harm that you're causing by, by banning something that causes, creates so much value and creates mm. so much happiness, okay? And so you take that analogy of, Yes, we know that people are going to die from car accidents, but you know what? We don't care. We'll just put speed limits on there, hope people follow it, but still, at least 30,000 people are going to die. Fauci knows this. The CDC knows this. Everyone knows this. And for some reason, when it came to the pandemic, they ignored and instead they said every life matters. We need to shut down. We need to mask up. And they don't believe it. The very same people who are saying every life matters don't believe it. They don't demonstrably. So it, what was it, that about? it's just wokeness and, and it's, yeah. it's infiltrated. I can give you so much examples of, of wokeness that's hit the scientific community. And they kept saying, oh, this is science. This is medicine. And 
this and that. I mean, I don't know if you saw the study that came out. I can't believe these research institutions put out such nonsense studies where they found that racism has decreased because of mask mandates. Because when you wear a mask, you're covering up your face, and that has apparently led to a decrease in racism. You can what? look it up. You can look up this. Let me tell but you. But your skin's still the same color. How does that even matter? Because you're That's covering psychological. That's insane. It's it's well, one of the most thing, insane, insane things. That, but but this is the nonsense. You know, the, there was another study that these that a medical journal did, and they said daylight savings time is racist. Because, oh, I believe that. I hate daylight savings time. It's racist. Let's get rid of it. If well, that's what it takes, when it I'm, comes I'm, to I'm, real, I'm, I'm in. It, it, when it comes to real science, you know, monkeypox is now no longer monkeypox. It's now, I think, mpox. They read it because yeah, that was apparently offensive. Even though it has nothing to do with race, it just has to do with guys banging each other. But we're not allowed to talk about that either. <laughs> okay, I have a question. And this is something that you included in your email. Are there any countries that we're immune to all this nonsense. Absolutely. You can pull up the data and see, go to the, <clears throat> there, there are a few websites, uh, go to Worldometer and you can see countries where COVID hit them. You'll see it there. You'll be like, how come only like four people died of COVID in this country? You can Because that's see what China was trying to claim all this time is that nobody died of COVID when they're the ones who started it and they've been the worst at it. But okay, so the countries where statistically zero died what did they do okay so well here's what they did they they basically prepared for the pandemic without even knowing it they built up immunity these are countries most of them are third world countries mm -hmm. so if you look at like half of africa uh, many african nations where they have diseases that are way worse than covid and they have guinea worm for god's sake <laughs> I mean, these are diseases where you're infected with these diseases. You're, you're Zika, dead. Zika, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the STDs, the the other just lethal viruses. So so mm -hmm. COVID was to them, it was like, what is the entire world like worried about? Like, what's going on here? This is really strange. Um, so you can just look it up, and there are countless articles. Just type in, you know, like African nations, COVID. Uh, yeah, because the propaganda was that Africa was basically just going to cease to exist. They were it just everybody was going to die of COVID, like everybody. And that didn't happen. That's so now we don't hear anything. At all. We, you don't hear anything about Africa at all. So that's what I mean by like a natural vaccine. Like there are things people can do to create their own natural vaccine before any pandemic. And that's and simply what is like, that? Let's like be really eating. specific about that for those who it's are listening. Exercising every day, eating healthy, like yes, vegetarian, vegan diet, eating healthy, exercising, um, being vitamin D, sunshine, healthy, taking your vitamins. So mm -hmm. I take A, B, C, D, K, zinc, probiotic, uh, natural vitamin D, mm -hmm. uh, zinc. I already said zinc, iron, biotin. I mean, I take a sweet because I have a doctor who I use and his whole thing is vitamin supplementation. He said he didn't yeah. have a single patient. Die. I mean, he does get to pick his patients, but he said he didn't have a single patient who died because he picks the best of the best patients. These are patients who don't do drugs, who rarely drink, who um, are try to take their health seriously. And so there are things that you can do to build your immune system to protect yourself. Why was it that, especially in the U.S., but most of Europe, was so against even the discussion of building your immune system? It's almost like they 
they wanted us to reverse it. I mean, when you talked about vitamin C, vitamin it's D, shady. vitamin K. It's very shady. Know. It's very shady. It's absolutely shady that there was no discussion about it. They say, oh, we'll do mandates on, we'll do lockdowns, we'll do vaccine mandates, but there are no exercise mandates. There's no, a lot of it has to do, look, like smoking's bad. Like we all know that even a little 10 mm. year old knows like smoking's terrible for you, but look, you have so many smokers and you see so many people smoking, they know it's bad for them, but they still do it. And our politicians know it's bad. The doctors know it's bad. The, the Fauci's and all those people know it's bad and they don't do anything about it because- well, the tobacco industry has a huge lobby mm -hmm. and, and they're in the pockets of these politics. And that's why you don't see fast food, McDonald's smoking. You don't see these things being banned. And look, I'm a free market capitalist. Yeah. I'm OK with that. Now, me too. <laughs> By but, all means, but at the same time, I, I want people who disagree with me and people of bad opinions. I want them to be able to voice it. And yet somehow that's become taboo. You know, it's like, no, you, you, you got to have it all. I want to hear bad ideas. I want to hear good ideas. I want to hear all the ideas. I want to be able to weigh them. It, it, to the minute, I'm sorry, the nanosecond that you censor an idea, that's the one I want to listen to. That's the one <laughs> well, I want to hear. Well, we took a trip to Cuba six years ago, seven years ago. And, and Cuba is a communist nation, and they control their food. They don't have a free market as far as the food that they eat and what they intake and and look cuba has a, a pretty strong mortality and they claim to have a good health care system they don't it's a really crappy health care system but the reason why people live so long there is because they keep the bad food out of society i remember we went to the supermarket to try to get some snacks and we couldn't find junk food like you just you can't get it there um and, and and so it, it's interesting to see that. And I'm all about personal choice, whether it's taking the vaccine or whatever. I'm all about personal choice when it comes to eating fast food or meat or exercise. That's your choice. But when something happens, don't go blaming everyone and saying, I want my free health care. Right. That's the problem I have. That, that's you are responsible for what you work. eat. You are yeah. responsible for how you take care of your body. Um, and so I don't want to hear and don't don't force your dumb ideas on me and telling me, oh, just because you're healthy and fit and you've been blessed and blah, 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 you should lock down and you should mask up. Right. I'm or sorry, your delusions. I shouldn't have to pay for you to try to become a mermaid or whatever because you're mentally unwell. You know, it, 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 we are right now. We're literally paying for people to try to trans themselves into something they're not. No, if you're mentally unwell, I'm absolutely thrilled happy and willing to pay for you to get help i am not willing or thrilled to pay for you to you know have that mental issue indulge your indulge. exactly you know and, and and that's totally jacked up so if i were to come in and say oh i have covid and you're like no you don't like well i want to be treated for covid anyway it's like but you don't have it no that's messed up i'm not going to treat you for something you don't have Kind of the same thing, <laughs> you know, so, you come in, you say, oh, I have COVID, I need treatment, and you do have COVID. I'm like, for God's sake, let's give you everything we've got. Let's help you. You know, that's what I want. But that's not what we're doing. So, in fact, we're even saying these things that have been proven to help, these things that work, we're not going to allow it because it doesn't fit our politics. Yeah, it, 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 none of it makes sense at all. Um, Give me just one minute. I'll let you guys talk. I'm going to go downstairs really quickly. 
my my computer's actually this happened last it's time. This happened last time it was done because we got too wrapped up. We we're only supposed to do one hour. While you're doing that, I'm also going to um refill my drink. So we'll edit this out and post, obviously. And for those of you who are not listening, <laughs> please come to counterculturewise.com and stuff like that there. All right. <laughs> So I want to talk for another 10 minutes about, okay. about um, some issues, some, some topics, definitely face masks sure. and the effectiveness of face masks. Okay. And also, uh, let's see, we'll start there. We'll start with the face masks okay. and then we'll also talk about... Um, the effect that all of this has had on the medical industry. So I'll just talk right now, if that's all right. No, it's um, fine. Right. Okay. Give it, give it a space so I can edit it out, and then I will shut up because I know I'm the one who's made it last longer than it should have. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. It's just, Narish, you are so fascinating, and you are just so willing to say the things that people are afraid to say. I'm, I'm really enjoying our conversation. I, I am too. This, this is fantastic. I know I'm, I'm not talking as much, but stuff, this stuff. is so. really, really good stuff. And, and um, yeah, so I'll, I'll shut up. Okay, so go. Yeah, so, uh, so when it comes to the topic of face masks, this became, again, this really irks me. It annoys the hell out of me, especially when I see medical workers, healthcare workers, wearing the wrong face mask and telling other people, oh, you need a mask up. It's a, it's a huge virtue signal. And study, I, I would see in 2021, these school boards and people, parents complaining, you know, don't mask up my kid. And other parents saying, you need to mask your children and my child needs to be safe. And people got into the politics of it without looking at the actual science. And look, the exactly. science is pretty clear. Uh, we talked about the vaccine. Well, there are three different vaccines in the United States, and there's a difference between all three of them. But when it comes to the face mask, there's a huge difference between the face mask you make at home, right. which many people were doing as like a side business, like, oh, let me just start making face masks and sell them. There's and, a difference and I went, well, like Nancy, I want it to match my outfit. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a huge difference between that versus the KN95 mask versus mm -hmm. the standard blue face mask that you see at hospitals and clinics versus the N95 mask. Right. And look, the N study after study, countless studies have found that the N95 mask does work. The N95 mask is the only mask that works. But guess what? Most people don't wear N95 masks. And so if they the do, point? they don't wear it correctly. That's the other thing. They don't wear it. So, so, so what's the point in wearing a face mask if it doesn't work? And I had physicians, doctors, scientists tell me it's common sense that face masks work. And I said, no, it's not. These, are, these droplets of COVID are so tiny. They're so small. They can easily penetrate, penetrate through the face mask or get through any hole. And that's right. why so many people who masked up, I hear people say, oh, I masked up. I don't know how I got COVID. Were you wearing an N95 mask? That's yeah, why properly, we, we have masks at the nose. We, we have masks yeah. at home. They're only N90 from, from, I would say, day 30 or so. I said N95 is the only thing that works. There's a huge look up the Bangladesh study. This is a place that um, doesn't, didn't even have access to the vaccine compared to other first world nations in Bangladesh. 
And how did they treat their people through oral, you know, ivermectin, mm -hmm. oral uh, therapeutics, through natural immunity that that's they the got a long time ago? That's before the other thing that came up multiple COVID. times is when you're talking about a respiratory infection, most of the treatments are nasal or oral. Yeah. Why are we doing injections? Well, this goes back to look, I'm all for I'm all for different ways of of doing science, different ways of of doing medicine. This is what oh, I brought earlier. Absolutely. You, you, you have an issue, you're gonna get 10 different treatments from 10 different doctors or scientists. And okay. if they don't cause harm, do all 10. And and my philosophy is <laughs> it's between the patient and the doctor yeah. to decide what works best. And so there are some patients, I know many people who are more natural, they're like, you know, I don't want a vaccine. I don't want chemotherapy. I don't want this. I don't want that. Let's try some other things. Okay. You work, that's between you and your doctor right. type of thing. And what I hated they, they seeing. They tried to eliminate that. And there are things that are not even quote unquote scientifically proven. Like they're not in some dusty old medical journal, mm -hmm. but many physicians say, Hey, you know what? Like, this is not like, this happened when our first son was born. The the physician said, hey, I'm going to do something to help your son, like, come out. This is not, like, in any journal or anything, but, like, I've done it with previous patients in the past. And there's, like, no risk in doing it. And, there's no risk, yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, no risk. There's always risk in some, but there's, like, low, very low risk in doing it. And, you know, are you okay with it? And I said, let's do it. I told my wife, I said, Let, let's do it, you know. And she did it, and everything was great, and it definitely worked. It absolutely did. My whole, the whole philosophy behind medicine from the start was it's between the patient and the physician and the physician can do things, can think outside the box and do things that may not be in some dusty old medical journal. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes a great physician. That's what separates the great physician from the right. monkey robot physician who's just following some book. Exactly. Or, or, or whatever. I want a physician who's, who's innovative and reading and thinking ahead. I don't want a monkey who's been trained to, to regurgitate what, what so they've my, been told. My, my alt middle approach is okay. Alt hydroxychloroquine. middle, that's cute. We're, we're, I, I, I yeah. love that term, alt middle. My alt that's, middle approach is okay, I love hydroxychloroquine. It. You got yeah. these scientists bashing it up saying, oh, this is bleach and it's going to kill you and blah, blah. And then you have another body of science saying, Hey, you know what? There, there could be some merit to this. And I'm saying, look, regardless of what the journals print, if mm -hmm. it works for a physician and it's effective and he's seeing results. And doesn't harm you. And doesn't, then go for it. Minimal harm. Go for with, it. With yeah. ivermectin, Small risk. it's the same thing. Ivermectin was very effective in India, extremely during this Indian variant Delta, very effective. And the one state that didn't use ivermectin was a state that suffered the most. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, the journals might print. And by the way, there's a huge body of research that's showing more and more the efficacy of ivermectin. But yes, they're also. But why did we ban even talking about it? Exactly. Even mentioning it. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. What why was the point of that? Exactly. And and that's where the alt my alt middle approach would be. It's between the patient and the physician, and. You know, maybe it works for said. maybe it works for some patients. Maybe yeah. it doesn't work for, and that's what medicine is. That's yes. what the practice. That's why they call it practicing mm -hmm. medicine. 
Yep. <laughs> and, and, and that's the problem I have. And the whole scientific method is you believe this, I believe this, let's test it, let's see, and let's see right. who's right. But instead, we're not even allowed to bring it up. We're not allowed to talk about it. We're not, yeah. everything that we're talking about right now is offensive and is wrong and is, should be banned. Yep. yep. Every time, and because as someone who I, I, God, I hated that as the person, whatever, but I was a biochem major. I teach chemistry. I teach biology. I, you know, I teach math as far as up as you can go. And my biggest, biggest peeve is when somebody says the science is settled, that literally means you don't understand what the scientific process is. There is no such thing as settled science. If there were, we would still believe the world is flat because that was settled as far as they were concerned. That is not how science works. And every time somebody says, oh, the science is settled, you're not allowed to talk about X, Y, Z. I'm like, uh, so you're a moron. You think the world is flat because that's what you just said. I want to give two examples about the science. So number one is uh, people should look up a man by the name of Dr. Uh, I want to say Samuel Weiss. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pronounce it properly after I do a quick Google search. I can uh, do that for you. His name is Dr. Semmel, Semmelweis, Semmelweis, Ignac Semmelweis, and he is known as the father of hand hygiene. Dr. Semmelweis is- Yes, like, I know who this is. I know exactly who you're talking about. He, he is, um, he, he would be equivalent to today's like ivermectin doctor because uh, there was a lot of infection being spread during his time in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And- he came up with this earth-shattering idea of washing you your know, hands. If we yep. wash your hand, if we wash our hands, maybe we can cut down on these viruses if we wash our hands. And the medical establishment, the medical yeah, germ theory was a big deal, big deal, because nobody it, believed in it. Nobody believed in it, and the medical establishment and medical. He had his license stripped because he was doing interviews like this, saying, "Hey, wash your hands, and okay, you're going to so be a healthier it's, person." So it's Semmelweis, S E M M E L W E I S. For those who want to look it up, Semmelweis. Ignaz um, Semmelweis. Yes, Semmelweis. And I'm I'm not going to get into all the details, but just understand this: he had his license stripped. He was fired from all his jobs. Yeah. He lost all. He his was patients. disgraced. He was he, disgraced. He was disgraced because he had this idea of washing hands, which to us today is like that's a no-brainer. But back then, right. that was like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Mm -hmm. He's crazy. And on top of that, you had many people in the medical establishment saying, "Why would? Why do we want him to get people to wash their hands? Like we get so many patients off of people getting sick, and they're coming in, and we bill them, and we take their money, and." You know, it was a much back then. It wasn't like it is today with insurance and all that. It was like everyone was their own private practice. He was actually committed to a mental asylum at age forty-seven and because he, ended up he dying felt then. that people who came from doing a necropsy, mm -hmm. you know, cutting up dead people, and and going to help women who were in the middle of uh, giving birth, that they should wash their hands. He was he was committed to a mental asylum for that. He was commit. He lost everything. Everything. And people wow. said everything. People yeah. said you know ban him. Don't talk to him. He's a quack we'll, doctor. We'll He's put a fake links doctor. Up. He's we'll not put a links scientist. Up on our website. We'll put and, links up so you guys can look this up. And so 
that is again science is is never it doesn't stop no, it's us. never settled it's never anybody who says the science is settled is basically telling me you're a moron who knows nothing about science that that's like an instant label for you it's sad everyone listening to this should read up on Semmelweis the second yeah. thing I want to share is is a COVID treatment that is very popular very very popular and that treatment is called um remdesivir so if you in many hospitals if you go in for covid yeah. and you need to be hospitalized they'll use this treatment called remdesivir Isn't and that if you kind of a death sentence and if you type in remdesivir who who remdesivir who the first thing that comes up is remdesivir is not recommended to oh. treat covid and Today, yep. still, I do Number US one, hospitals. who recommends against the use of remdesivir in COVID 19? No, you go. I honestly, with all my heart, believe that more people died because of that treatment than of what? COVID. Here is my, again, alt middle approach. The alt. point, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you had so many of these guinea pigs saying, oh, this is what my hospital told me to do. All these physicians, ER people, in fact, oh, this is what the hospital said to do use remdesivir. Why? Huh, maybe there's there's some type of business going on there, all right? Um, but here's the alt-middle approach. Maybe it does work. Maybe remdesivir does work. The WHO doesn't, WHO doesn't recommend it, but maybe it does. And that's between the patient. The WHO did, though. They don't now. Oh, no, they haven't. Murdered so many the, data people. On that, the data on that is from 2020. If you yeah. look at the date, the, they, from really from its inception, they did not recommend it. So you can see the date when it came out. But that was that was the 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 agreed upon treatment. Of, uh, it was, but but the ventilators point making, and the point that I'm making here is maybe that is a treatment, and maybe it works for some people, and that's a decision that the patient, if they're well enough, should make mm -hmm. with their doctor, or the patient's right. family should make that with the doctor. Right. But Absolutely. the science is clear. The science is clear that remdesivir is not recommended. It's not. Just look at the WHO website. It's mm -hmm. not. And many hospitals are using it. So and, and, and there, were people, people, there were people that were fighting to get their loved ones to be allowed to use these other things that we're not allowed to mention. And the hospitals denied them. They, they flat out denied them. It's like, OK, but even their own doctor, their own physician were saying, OK, we need to try, you know, these other things we're not allowed to mention. And the hospital would say no. That That's a point I'm making. You have the WHO, as big as it gets, a, a huge body of research saying remdesivir is pointless, don't do it, right? What, and then on the other side, you, you have another, the same people who say don't use remdesivir, it doesn't work. Or the same people who say use remdesivir. Just you, who cares what the WHO says? Just use it. And that's what, that is the most common COVID treatment in the United States in hospitals, remdesivir, despite all this. So then if you're a hydroxychloroquine, I mean, there's, again, research studies that show the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine, mm -hmm. ivermectin, there's tons. To say that. More coming out. Tons. <laughs> so why would you say, okay, we'll use the remdesivir, even though the WHO and all these other scientific peer-reviewed studies say remdesivir doesn't work, but we're not going to touch ivermectin. We're not going to touch mm -hmm. hydroxychloroquine. 
Why and, is and, that? And here's the problem. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, they don't have the side effects that remdesivir does. Uh, the biggest side effect being death. Um, and yet we're supposed to mock it and belittle it and call it horse paste and call it, you know, you know, tinfoil hat and this, that. And it's like, okay, both of these drugs have been used for a long, long time. The guy not, who, who came out with ivermectin won the Nobel Prize right. in 20, I think it was 2015. And, and this was the human horses. version. Yes, there is a horse yes. version. And, and there's also a human version. And so, again, my whole alt-middle perspective is you, you're not on team ivermectin or on team uh, remdesivir or on no. team Regeneron. No. Because that was the other one. Regeneron got a lot of publicity. Teams. Regeneron got a lot yeah. of publicity because Trump got COVID. He went to the hospital and he got Regeneron. And two days later, he was back. You know, it's almost like nothing happened. Right. And, and it got a lot of publicity. My whole point is, look, you have all these treatments, all these medications. We have a lot of research. As a physician, you've been, I hate to say it, but you've been able to experiment on all these different treatments. And you should have the license to be able to know, okay, hey, you know what? I tried the remdesivir. I tried the ivermectin. I tried the hydroxychloroquine. I tried all these different things. This is what worked best. You need to do what works best. You need to be able to think for yourself and not just, oh, well, Fauci said that I need to do X, therefore, that's the only way to treat a patient. That's not, that is not how you practice anything. Even what I do in technology, right? that's not how we solve problems on websites. That's not how we create. Problems happen all the time, and you have to at least do a little bit of thinking. There's no manual on how to solve every single issue. Right. All right. I know we need to close this really soon this has been an amazing day. as That's usual been, you've been such an incredible guest yeah i really want to drive an arrow home with with a really targeted question your infant got covid i want to know what what you did why you did what you did based on everything we've talked about how you treated that because we are talking you know the love of your life your child your baby your infant you know I, I'm i want to know right what now. drove your decisions what you chose to do I'm, I'm laughing because as we're two hours in and <laughs> i know my ship let's put it that way yeah. i know what covid is i uh -huh. know what works what doesn't work i take well, an ultimate this is approach. the ultimate test this i is know the, the highest numbers. level test right here this is like this the is easiest it. test i ever took here on counterculture wise we may rant we may rave but most of all we go against the current culture because we believe to the core of our beings that humans are good and the world is an amazing and beautiful place. At the beginning of our show, we give you news of the weird and wonderful, but that is just the tip of the magnificent iceberg that is our world. We now present news of the wonderfuller. Guys, 
Guys, we get to go a little bit late on this, but we always want to wrap it up with one final story. And we will hear the last part of that interview next (laughs) week. next week. Uh, The videos themselves are up live on Rumble and BitChute. Of course, they won't be on YouTube. As no, well. they hate our guts. Not this podcast. Well, it's not All that they right. hate our personal guts. They just hate the truth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is from CBS. Nestled in a cozy storefront in East Harlem, New York, there's a bakery called Janie's Life-Changing Baked Goods. The bakery is known for its pie crust cookies. I want one. Created by <laughs> Janie Deegan. One. <laughs> Janie hey, you Deegan. actually walked by the donuts today at church. I'm, I'm proud of you. Why are you giving me such a dirty look? Because I ate a donut. Oh, dang. I didn't see. How fast did you get that in your face? <laughs> From my next feet of ledger domain. <laughs> wow. I just walked, marched right past them like they're not even there. I, I thought you followed me. I, I missed it. I have my secrets, and, yeah, and I've I just opened been, one of them. I think you've been getting uh, secrets from Sadie, <laughs> our, our puppy. And, anyway. Our almost house-trained puppy. Oh, we're so close. Really close. Anyway, nestled in a cozy storefront in East Harlem, New York, there's a bakery called Janie's Life-Changing Baked Goods. The bakery is known for its pie-crust cookies, I Want One, created by Janie Deegan. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> Really, though, the most interesting thing about the bakery is how it changed Deegan's life. Just a few short years ago, she was homeless and recovering from an addiction. When I was getting sober, I found that my life was so out of control, but baking was just this beautiful, meditative, very controlled artistic outlet for me, Deegan told CBS News. And I was 25 and had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, but I just found that baking helped me reconnect with people. At first, Deegan was just baking as a hobby, but her friends showed her she could do more with it. The baked good that changed my life was for a friend, and she asked me to make a cake. She wanted to pay me to make a cake for a big event she was having, Deegan said. And I looked back at the pictures of that cake like, oh, it was so not professional. After that experience, Janie decided to start selling her baked goods in 2015. She wanted to open a bakery, but she had gaps in her resume, and admittedly didn't know where to start. I remember looking up the word entrepreneur, she said. I was like, I really don't even know what that is. I just had this impression that you had to have money to be a business owner. You had to be a man to be a business owner. You had to have business experience to be a business owner, she said. Still, she decided to take a leap of faith or ride the wave, as she says, and opened her first bakery on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. She she doesn't just spread sweetness with her pie-crust cookies. She helps others who may be struggling to find a job, just like she once was. We have an open-door policy, which means that if you're really, if you're ready, willing, able, and enthusiastic about coming to work, we're not going to look at sort of your past situations or gaps in your resume or if you're homeless or if you've been to prison, she said. The person you show up as in the interview That's is the, the person we're looking at. That's the all job interviews should be, though. Well, yeah, but there's so few of them that do that. Deegan now has 15 employees across two locations and is looking to open a third. Nearly all her employees are new to the baking business, but Jamie had trained staff members teach them everything they need to know. I really get to see people grow. They come in timid, and I get to see people flower, she said. I think that the people who do come here really value the fact that you don't have to have all these credentials or a background of any sort to be invited and welcomed in and come work with us, she said. Through baking, Janie and her employees have gotten a second chance at life. I wake up every day and get to be like, wait, we sell joy. 
I get to wake up and be at work 100% me. I don't have to hide my past. I don't have to shame anymore. I don't have to have shame anymore. And it is sweet. That is a fantastic story. And it pretty much embodies everything we say at the end. So we'll let our ending say that. Thank you so much this evening for tuning in. Make sure you check out our what's left of our YouTube site or our BitChute or Rumble for videos, some animations coming up, working on getting the dogs drawn, and <laughs> a lot more fun things that you'll only be able to find yeah, on our We're actually going to be star. introducing Sadie in one of our sketches ah, in the very near future. Well, she was kind of in the background of the boom boom thing going yip yip, yip but that's yip. <laughs> but that that's just about it yeah. so far. <laughs> we're going to have her yip yipping anymore. Yip yip, huh? She hasn't really gotten her voice yet. She's no. still pretty young. No. Aaliyah's pretty much settled. She walks outside and her brain goes dead. And we have a special needs dog. <laughs> and we love her. And we love her. We'll She's take good, good care of her. She's All a beautiful right. doggy. Well, thanks for the guys in the chat. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Have an amazing week. And we are going to be going on our honeymoon as of Wednesday. Finally. Counterculture Wise is a Stormcat production. Thank you for joining our growing family of listeners. All links from the show are available on our website, counterculturewise.com. Find our archives on any of your favorite podcast hosts. We engage in satire, commentary, and generally laugh at the ridiculousness of our crumbling society. Our only medical or financial advice is to not follow any financial or medical advice given by podcasters. Our animations, interviews, holy crap segment, and other videos are put out on BitChute and Rumble, and only in part on YouTube because they hate free speech. Our show is entirely funded by listeners like you. Visit our ever-expanding merch store or our Subscribestar, where you can get outtakes, extra videos, and sneak peeks. If you would like to be a guest on our program, feel free to contact us via our website, just click on the link at the top that says be a guest on our show for more fun and cat pics please visit our facebook twitter or instagram for complaints about our show please fill out the id10t form on our website and we will give it the attention it deserves meanwhile no matter how cruel the world may be around you always remember the importance of kindness be kind to each other be kind to animals and be kind to yourself. See you, See you next, next week. week.